Hello and welcome to Achievement Hunting 101. I'm Poo Poo Cuddly Poo, and this is level 226. Joining me tonight is Vulgar Latin. Hi, I'm Vulgar Latin. Koos Moose. I'm inevitable. And Big L. I am hungry. That's like the right, uh, right responses from all three of you. <laughs> About what I expected. I'm invincible. I knew after your I am inevitable, there was no way L was going to be able to follow that with a good Marvel quote. I'm Brian Fellows. (laughs) Dot G Brian Fellows. Do you have a parrot on you? I know who it is. I know you know who he is. You're you're old. Do you know who Tracy Morgan is? Devin's an old soul, so he knows all those old things. Oh, yeah. Yes, it's, it's so it's very old, old from 10 2003. <laughs> the faraway land. Technically, that is retro. Vintage. Anything post or pre 2007 is considered retro now. Which is not cool considering a lot of the games that are now retro that I would not consider that I don't want to consider retro. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else is retro? The Pilgrims. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you're trying to throw that into something Thanksgiving. Yeah, today's but Thanksgiving. There's nothing Thanksgiving on today's Thanksgiving. There's nothing Thanksgiving on the dock, yeah. and I don't know what you want me to say. Yeah, today Thanksgiving. Is Thanksgiving. Today's if Thanksgiving. You're mm-hmm. If if you're listening to it on the day of release, it's Thanksgiving in America, yeah. or as the rest of the world calls it. Thursday. Thursday. So you have a happy Thanksgiving <laughs> if you're American, and if you're not, it's also allowed. You're wrong. You can also have one. It's fine. <laughs> it's fun. It's great. You eat way too much food, you know, the American way. Yeah, you and then you know, you spend time with people that you're not entirely sure that you like, but you're almost legally obligated to spend time with. <laughs> and then you watch the Lions lose at football. Well, you're in a food coma. It's a wonderful Yay. time. Just your annual <laughs> reminder. Football that, all day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I still yeah, don't want stupid parade people. way too early in the morning. Uh, man, that parade is... And then it, it's great. It's buys. a whole day, it's a holiday about being thankful for what you got. And then the next day, we spend a whole day buying everything. In a, it's just a complete undoing of everything you just did the day before. You know, the American way. Yeah. You know, for kids. <laughs> um, All right. Speaking to, of kids. To be. Oh, see what? <laughs> oh, no. I was curious oh. if um, Pikachu still had a float at the at the parade. I don't know. For the, it is, for the kids. I don't know. For the kids. Um, I will also say that uh, cranberry sauce specifically from McCann is the best Thanksgiving <clears throat> side. Uh, and, and I am willing to die Uh-oh. on this hill. Um, I love me some cranberry sauce, but no. Followed by sweet potatoes with the marshmallows. Yeah, that's number one. Oh, hell. Yeah. Mm. Love me some sweet potatoes. And uh, pecan pie. I want to say the yams. thing that everybody says. A pecan pie? My mom makes the best. Well, of course, yeah, everyone's mom makes the best. Kush is so upset by the entire revelation. He just left our Discord <laughs> chat. He's just, I can't take it anymore. I can't work under these conditions. I don't want to be a part of it. He started the uh, Thanos snap, snapped himself out of existence. Yeah, he just sent me a letter 
a DM that says string beans number one. What the hell are you talking about? Mm, I love some green bean casserole. Yeah, and uh, and the pie. The pie is also pumpkin, pecan, pecan. I don't know. I just know it's delicious. You can get them the size of a hubcap at the what Sam's. The? See, by the time dessert comes around, I, I'm full. Like, yeah, you don't need You're dessert. doing it wrong. You have to plan for these you things. you got to keep really? plowing you ahead. All... It's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> you eat all day long. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I want the real food. And then it is real food. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> After you're done, comes turkey sandwich time. Uh-huh. Moist maker. Toy- Moist maker. Turkey soups. <laughs> these soups for oh, days. Yeah. Yeah, we this make year a, we're gonna make a leftover pie. Ooh. Yeah, we make Jill, a turkey. Jill saw it on Great British Bake Off, so we're doing, we make, a, doing oh, leftover pie. Gotta make pie. sure you get the pie weights in there, otherwise you end up with a soggy bottom. Nobody wants. Oh a soggy yeah, British. We, we <laughs> are what, not the soggy bottom boys. I'll have you know. <laughs> now I know what GBB. I'm gonna blind bake that baby. <laughs> get those pie weights. It's all about the oh, pie yeah. weights. Oh. <laughs> uh. What are the British? But in all seriousness, if you're going out on Black Friday, do everybody a favor and be a decent human being and turn your camera sideways for all the fights. Yeah. Yeah. And you make sure you see someone get trampled. I want to see it in landscape mode. I don't want to watch it in portrait. You bring your you bring your heat. If you're going to go out there and trample some poor retail worker for Tickle Me Elmo. (laughs) You best come prepared. Was that your Tickle Me Elmo impersonation? Okay. Yes. <laughs> it sounded like it. I also recommend steel-toed boots for protection I, and for extra stomping ability. That was before your time also, Kenny. Just like what? Cabbage Patch Kids, Tickle Me Elbow, <laughs> Steel-toed boots. I never watched Cole. Sesame Street, so... You're missing out. I never what? had any interest in that show. Missing out. Nothing to do with Tickle Me Elbow, I promise. Um, it kind of does. Oh, I've seen the video where you know, Tickle Me Elmo is lit on fire and just sits there and laughs while being burned alive. What kind of creepy? Oh, the meme. Yeah, Elmo. I don't know. Just go on YouTube. Tickle Me Elmo on fire. Yeah, the other I will give some still work, but the fur keeps going. But I will some, yeah. also give some trivia. Um, I was gonna get some trivia. Hmm. Mm. It's been a long time since sixteen forty-two. You'll know this trivia, but <laughs> that uh, Elmo, the voice of Elmo, Kevin Clash, was the voice of someone in the Ninja Turtle movies. Raphael. Incorrect. Uh, Donatello. No, Corey Feldman <laughs> was Donatello. Incorrect. Rocks Venus. Venus. <laughs> oh, God, you're fired. Splinter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Splinter is the answer. Yes, Splinter. Eventually, we're going to get there. We just name all the characters. You said to cross off that Splinter cell, which is an Xbox game. Oh, God. And this is an Xbox podcast. I made it funny. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Xbox. Bleep, bloop. Yeah, Xbox. All right. So, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. This Xbox podcast, let's start talking about PlayStation. Uh oh. (laughs) So, getting right to the heart (laughs) of the issues. (laughs) <laughs> for our news of the week uh, it has come out that PlayStation has allegedly taken steps to begin limiting achievement spam games achievement spam games you mean 
trophy spam games. I don't know. I'm just ready to die. The ones where you literally just push a button to unlock a platinum. Thankfully, Xbox doesn't have quite the same problem or the vast number of stacks. But would you like to see Microsoft also take more steps to limit what sort of games and achievement lists are allowed on Xbox? And then how much control and oversight should they have on what's acceptable? So first off, I want to throw it to L. You want to talk to me? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not too huge on this PlayStation stuff, but somebody linked a video. I want to say Retro Chief, maybe. Mm, and he was one that linked the video. Him and EOJ. Oh yeah, EOJ. Yeah. It's called Jumping for Platinum Trophies, and I watched this video. And basically, this guy bought a bunch of these uh, supposedly easy games and <laughs> showed how long it took to beat and his enjoyment of it. But what I learned is that there's these jumping games. Basically, you just mash the button, I guess, and you just get the completion. Yes. Mm -hmm. So on Xbox, we certainly have some games that fit this bill, but PlayStation seems to have where they reskin the same game over and over and would change the assets a little bit and charge a buck or a buck 50 and you do it all over again. I don't like this. Obviously if Xbox had this, it would make things even worse than it already is. I mean, you certainly have some games now, but this looks like it's just times a million with shovelware crap. Yes. And it's much worse it over there. Worse. And then you have the Radalika stacks of seven which I think under whatever they said would probably stay. But I, I don't know if they, the, the PlayStation folk get the same joy in getting seven platinum trophies as Xbox folk get uh, getting 7,000 gamer score. So I don't know. I would imagine. But their trophy system is so different from the achievement system. Yeah, but there are these jumping games, and there's this one car game he showed where you just go vroom vroom, and it's over in 30 seconds, and you get your platinum trophy. Oh, yeah. It's way, way easier. Well, some of them are way easier than the easiest games over here. We certainly have some visual novels that are like that, but I think at least in those cases, you're supposed to, I don't know, read the words. There's supposed to be a game in there a little bit. I don't know. I've got four or five visual novels. Uh, visual novel completions. I don't know what any of them say. Just that? Yeah, you, you know what they four? said. <laughs> you know, I don't know, four or five. You know what they said. My syrupy sweet. Yeah, that was one of them I did. <laughs> Couldn't tell you anything about them. Uh, did any patrons write in? Hmm. Fog! What the fuck says, I'd like... I'd at least like them to find a way to limit Zilan-type pointless updates on what I would consider actual games, but games that don't deserve the extra 4K with no additional game. So yeah, the Zilan games yes. get a rap. Generally speaking, the original 1000, I mean, it's not five seconds. They're at least usually half an hour to an hour for most of them. But then they add on another 1,000, for like the butterfly games for 200 points for a level. Why not make it so you have to play all the levels for 20 G each at least, you know, like still easy, but come on. 
It's a little something to do. So I agree with what Fox Easier says there. But then, on the other hand, we have Troublemaker Dinoman87, who says, no, if someone wants to buy a cheap platinum or 1K gamer score, they should be able to, regardless of morality or whatever. Well, uh-huh. I mean, I, I think there should be some morality involved. I think we should have, like, you know, some some level of morality involved here, man. Not like... Why you know, now? Well, why start now? Why... No, it's like, you know, <laughs> they you will mean? literally strangle a chimpanzee if you buy this game. We should have some control. We should have some. Yeah, chimpanzees can they're die. Getting, they're evil. They're getting strangled anyway, regardless of uh, what we do. Yeah. Like, we'll put lead in a drinking supply. <laughs> what? We have no morality. It, it, no morality. No. <laughs> When you spend $30 on surviving Mars and do what you do with that one, there's no morality left. I understand what he's saying. I don't think this case, you can get a bunch of them. Well, you can get a bunch of them for a dollar, dollar forty-nine. Is a candle evil? What? (laughs) What? I think it just is. Not a quote. Yes. I don't necessarily disagree with Dynaman. Because, I mean, like, yeah. Like it's if your people money, are if buying buy them, a crappy game, then they're going to sell them. And, you know, play for five seconds, get a thousand gamer score, and get out. You know, you should have the right to do that. But at the same time, that just because there's, you know, hundreds of these of these types of games, that doesn't necessarily make the uh, ecosystem or the community better. I'd argue the opposite. It makes, it makes the whole hunt and the... Uh, the niche group that it is already even worse. Well, I think the question then is like, is it even a game at that point or is it just a, you know, it's a pinata, right? Like you're just just buying a pinata. Is it a a game if you push a button and you jump a hundred times and now you have a platinum? Is that a game? Is that something you want to put on your system as, hey, this is the thing we want you to pay for. Uh, This is the, this is why you have this PS5 this, this powerful machine that can run God of War and, you know, and, and here, play this jumping game. Like, is that something well, you want to have them curate? Like, they should be able to curate that out of the system as something that you pay for. Well, let me ask you this. You have an Xbox Series X, you know, the state-of-the-art state one. Don't you put have that you- evil on me, Kenny. I'm going to play my Pixel games. <laughs> I was going to say that. I was going to say, have you played a Winter's Daydream? Where all it is is you just press A. I played that on my Xbox One, sir. <laughs> I did it. It's got, got a point. Got a point. Inferior machine. Either way, you're you know a winner's daydream. You just hook up a uh, Cronus or a turbo controller, spam A for about eh, twenty minutes or so, and you got the completion. No real difference between that and whatever the jumping game was well but i think you have the veneer granted that there is supposed to be a story and that's kind of already a thing that has existed before the visual novel is a just something that does exist and we all collectively are like yeah it's a visual novel this is just what it is that's what they that's you know the idea the intent behind it is that you were supposed to read the whole thing but if you don't want to and you just want to mash the a button you have that ability to do so 
I think there is a difference. I'd argue though, what do you, what's your line going to be? What's your criteria? What are you going to set as like a thing that you can definitively say, this is spam, easy stuff, or this is just an easy list and an otherwise pretty good game that you can just get through uh, without much difficulty that you can put as a baseline across every single video game that exists on the Xbox ecosystem that's easy enough for somebody at the the lowest level to figure out and discern and put into nice little buckets. It's yes. very difficult to do so. Yeah, and there really is um, no one answer that's just like, okay, this is what we consider it. And everything you know could fall into that because so many games are just so different. I mean, I mean, the only thing I could say is like it's stuff we don't even have, like a push start to get all one thousand gamer score, like just for showing up. Yeah, there's that should absolutely not be a thing. And I would agree with you there. I think you have to do some input, but like, what do you put the line as? Like for the Zitalon games, you know, what like. In that case, do you want him to add more levels? Because he'd probably just pull some levels back that were already made and then release them a batch of 10 at a time to satisfy this requirement to continue making his money. But do those really need to be over a 1,000 gamer score? Those games? I I don't know. Does Forza need to be? I think... Like, I don't know. I'm asking questions. Like, what? <laughs> I feel like only AAA games really should have the quote unquote right to have over a thousand gamer score outside of maybe like DLC. DLC be its own thing. I don't know if I agree with that. But like, I don't know if I agree with it. I'm just throwing, <laughs> I'm just throwing something out there. I've played. I, I, I know do it, know that when I play a big DLC that like adds content or adds like a new play mode, I know that I want achievements for that. Uh, just like you know, they're good signposts. Like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, have I have I squeezed everything out of this game that I can? Not gamer score, but have I squeezed experiences out of this game? Mm-hmm. And I like it when the uh, achievements kind of guide you along that path, right? Uh, and say, oh, do this mode or do this or right. play this for so long or you know get this score or whatever. <clears throat> like, uh, uh, so I, I sort of feel like those big DLCs. Yeah, I'd like to see gamer score with those. Would absolutely agree, right? But it's just like mushroom you know, savior. Yeah. Well, but what do you set as your line? You know, like if Mushroom Saver just released five more levels that they already had made. Just leave it as is. But they added more levels. They did what you wanted to do. They added more content. and they had to go back into the levels and you had to just touch a green mushroom and you got 200 gamers. Yeah, but what if they what if we put in that rule and then they would just add more levels to do it that way? Because what I would do if I was a game publisher and you gave me that rule is instead of, you know, losing my money train, I would just add more stuff that I already had made and I just spoon feed it piecemeal compare for the Xbox version. Cause that's cheaper. Yeah. Like, yeah, that is a problem. There is just no one standard that's going to completely eliminate, eliminate this problem. Assuming you see it as a problem that is, um, because developers that want to skirt the system are going to, they're going to find a way around no matter what. Well, and they make money well, is a new, they get, that's their livelihoods. We yeah. need a new metric for gamer score that takes into mm-hmm, consideration mm-hmm. just <laughs> the difficulty of the achievements. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something that, yeah, I need something that it. I can go <laughs> and I can definitively say that Paw Patrol Grand Prix is a higher difficulty rating than other games like Dark Souls. 
some sort of a true system. It'll some sort never of work. ratio just... of people that have unlocked the games versus the people never. that have started the games. <laughs> Something like valid trophies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, and that's the that's the problem with uh, TA score, though. Like what Devin just said, <laughs> you know, when you look at ratios, just sheer, just look at the ratio. Paw Patrol is a more difficult <laughs> completion than Dark Souls, which I mean, we all truth. know that's not, that's not real because multiple reasons. I don't know, man. Have you ever seen Chase when he's driving behind you? It's real. <laughs> oh, Luigi looked mean. <laughs> Are you saying he's chasing you? Because Rex will cut you. Now, I was reading the Reddit thread or whatever was posted, and another problem was brought up, which was the fact that all of these crappy games are cluttering the marketplace so you can't find the good games. I saw a lot of people yeah. commenting on that. Steam problem. That's yeah. the yeah, big Steam problem. Is that similar in PlayStation? That's pro- That's the... That honestly is probably the true reason why Sony is doing anything. Not because they care about the, tr- the trophy hunters, but just because it's clogging up their marketplace with just sheer garbage that anyone that's not interested in trophy hunting will just never buy. They're never going to play it. Right. And it makes their trying store to find, look worst. Yeah. Trying to find Turtle Shredder's Revenge, you might have to wade through stuff and you might never find anything unless it's a triple A game or unless they have an ad paid for to shortcut to it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, uh, if you get away from Microsoft and Sony for a minute and you look at the Nintendo shop or East or whatever crap they call theirs. And I imagine this is the exact same way it is on steam. Every single game that's published now has like management in the title or simulator in the title or city or builder or something like that. So if you just type in like management games, they're trying to get that, um, oh, the SEO uh, to pop up so that they're, you know, it's easier to find their game and it just outright clogs the store. The Switch is the worst for when it comes to just straight shovelware. Obviously, they don't have like an achievement system, but. They've got more shovelware than the other two combined, I would think. True. And more yeah, anime boobies. A... Yeah, I was just going to say. Man, way more of that. <laughs> I was going to say it more subtly, but yeah, nope. <laughs> Put it out there. Oh, I'm not known Who's for turn subtlety. I think you still had a couple. Or I think you still had one more to read, right? I think it's your Did turn. He? Oh, no, it's not. Nah, he read okay, gotcha. It's your turn to read, Devin. Oh, uh, I got one from Fighter X93 Chip. <laughs> Thank God. It's ruined achievement hunting, TBH. All these stupid quick completions have made gamer score even more meaningless and invaluable than it already is slash was. Took the fun out of gaming, IMO. Whoa. Took the fun out. Took the fun right out of it. Just just scrunched it. What did we do before achievements? Um wasn't fun, whatever well, it was. I don't know. <laughs> we one hundred percented our the games for our own pleasure instead of because, you know, some uh, achievement told us to do I it. I took a I think picture it was back of... in the hunting and gathering days, but mm-hmm. not sure. Achievement <laughs> gathering. 
foraging. <laughs> now we're at achievement agriculture, which is the first step to achievement civilization. <laughs> oh no, you've turned this into a management. <laughs> yes, let's go. Sim. The oh, achievement this joke tech is the worst. tree. <laughs> He's not wrong. There's even, you know, Freen has his Excel sheets. Yeah. Um, all right. And uh, Wild Wild West. Oh, wait, says, I don't mind the system we have now. Sometimes I have a busy day and would like to pop an easy achievement. I would be against the 12 stack slash regional versions the PlayStation has. I'd agree with that uh, for the most part. I think that uh, there is a lot of, like, this is the Series X version, and it's the same version, but we don't get nearly the, yeah. like, this is the Japanese stack of, of this game and the Korean stack, unless you're buying Western stack. Yeah. So I can get that. Honestly, my opinion is going to be that we don't have a great silver bullet answer that would adequately cover every game that just has fairly easy achievements versus like things that are just spam for the most part, besides like a press start to get a thousand gamer score. There's no easy metrics that we can devise that would make that cover everything in a fair way. And without that, I would be against any sort of modification because I'd want to be fair to games that just have easy lists, but are otherwise good games versus things that are legitimately achievement spam. And I don't know if there's a good metric. That's my personal, that's my two cents on the issue. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to come up with a good metric really is just the problem. Yeah. I can come up with a few things that we shouldn't have like the, you know, press x or whatever to get all of them but what are you gonna what are you gonna go i think it was i think it was less about that and more about reusing the assets and making 50 of them yeah which you know i guess you could limit the amount of people that could publish to the store at any one point in time tracks and skeletrics times 50 well there was also like the games that just had stacks on stacks on stacks, like the one, uh, what was it called? Pizza, pizza quiz, where it had eight stacks. I don't even know what all the different ones was, but I know it was, it was something to the effect of, you know, the PlayStation 4 version, the PlayStation 4 Pro version, the PlayStation 5 version, or something like that. And, you know, go down the list a couple more. That's just ridiculous. There's no reason for there to be that many. Which we largely don't have, besides, like, stacks of Winter's Daydream, things like that because you really you don't get the most out of your winter daydream experience until it's in 4k <laughs> it's it makes when, reading it so much easier when they make you have to install those games on the x oh. i always roll my eyes so hard i could power oh. a small farm <laughs> <laughs> i mean really i want to i want to hear that story everywhere though i want that on mobile mm. i want that on my pc yeah where's my you know, window like, stack with touch I want to play that game while i'm driving mm-hmm. oh yeah. just wait for the x cloud stacks it's the game that really does need touch controls kenny i'm just mad that you can come to us with an actual pizza quiz that would have been good you'll have to bring one to us next week uh sure go ahead Devin. there's another one if i remember <laughs> All right, Nate, why don't you read your question? There's another or answer right. one. Goodness. Well, Ahizo, no, he, no, he, he, he already got through his. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ahizo wants his turn, L, and he says, not <laughs> that it will happen, but not only do I think that uh, Microsoft should match Sony if we even have that 
Hmm. Have any that egregious? Yes. Reading's hard. I'm sorry. I also think they both should go further. There's a difference between easy achievements, easy completions, and just selling gamer score. Third is the only one I think needs intervention from the console manufacturers. Companies like Zilliton and Chili Dog fall into that category and should not be allowed to continue publishing games with lists like they do. I know it will never happen, and it would require more resources than Microsoft or Sony would ever be willing to. However, the only situation I've ever seen that more clearly provides Microsoft is lying when they say they care, is letting their own first-party disable achievements in an active live service game, Sea of Thieves. Wow. Someone's salty. 23 flavors uh, of how you choose the salt. Yes, just <laughs> oh, Not even the pink salt. Just the pink Himalayan salt. He just went for Sea of Thieves salt. Um, yeah, he's got some <laughs> thoughts. I have uh, a question, real quick. Does Chili okay. Dog get a pass because you need a cheat code to access the um, cheats and get quick achievements, where the list on its own is fine? Or yeah, Chili I guess that's, get a pass. I don't know about that. I, I don't know. I mean, for most, sometimes I think a lot of the games aren't terrible. Like they're not great, but they are like passable at what they do. They're not incredible. Right. I've played much more broken than Chili Dog games by and large. I haven't played all of them, but you need the cheat thing. You do need the cheat generally. Uh, except for, I think there's one like the radioactive dwarves from the sewers or whatever, where you can actually just skip the whole game. Uh, it's like a one minute completion. Um, that's the only one I know that doesn't need the cheat. Cause the idea is that you're supposed to be in the sewers and whatever. And there's a secret ending where you just walk out of the sewer. And if you do that, you get all of the achievements for beating the game. Oh, I mean, that's, wow. that's deplorable. Just, uh, send me a message on which game that is. So I can, uh, <laughs> send a nasty yeah, letter. Wish list that. Yeah. So I know not to get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So every time it comes up on sale, I know not to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I, I think we've covered the uh, the oversight uh, as as well as we could. Um, but as for you know, is this you know is this devaluing gamer score? Of course it is. It really is. And like I know yeah. earlier on, I was playing like the cheap stuff, but I really, for the most part, I don't play those cheap fast games anymore, uh, except when there's a contest. So mm-hmm. I don't really play them for the gamer score. I play them for the uh, the weird fact that it starts and ends with the same letter or it's got a certain number of vowels or it's got this particular word in it. So I, I use those games, uh, those cheap games for those purposes, those meta contests and not really the gamer score anymore. Um, so it doesn't devalue gamer score. Absolutely. But not mine as much as it used to. Not my gamer score. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I'd agree with that. I'd say that for the most part, I've largely stopped going for, easy stuff outside of the random contests and things that we do. Um, Which is not mm -hmm. to say that they don't every now and then come out with a fun, easy gamer score game. Like sometimes those games are fun. And sometimes I just want to rock something out real quick, just for whatever reason. But yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. There are good, easy score games. They can be fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Kenny? All right, I'm going to read the response from Legohead. It says, personally, I believe Microsoft should have controlled it much better from the start. Not wrong. Someone recommended the Xbox because they thought I would like achievements, and they were right. However, a system where they made sure that, A, achievements all, or I'm sorry, all achievements worked, 
yes, 100%. That should be a thing. B, there weren't any piss-take achievements like Gear, Gears of War seriously 3.0. I'm going to come back to that one. C, no achievements had dates or licenses that would render them unobtainable in the future. I feel like that's a little bit harder to regulate, but yes, I agree. And indeed, there weren't any stupid, easy zit-style achievements or console commands, etc. I think they should have had a team dedicated to working out the parameters to make the achievement system a flagship enterprise. Well, that last thing, I definitely agree with. I feel like if they would have put more time into this and maybe a couple of people on just, you know, just a small team working on achievements, make them the best that they could be, or just, you know, green lighting these games and say, yeah, you're not just trying to sell achievements. This probably could be a bigger hobby than what it is and much better. But I want to go back to your point B about this Gears of War seriously 3.0. And I want to ask L, is there something different between seriously 3.0 as opposed to like one or two? And I guess Devin, you would probably notice as yes, well. Yes, it's cause... longer. <laughs> yeah, it's worse. Uh, seriously, t- uh, seriously 1.0 is like for just multiplayer kills. Uh, 2.0 counts kills across everything and can be farmed and is not that bad. Seriously 3 requires what's called Onyx Medals, which you have to get for specific ah, things. Right, and you right, have to right. grind out and get a set number of them and is considerably worse. Yes, there's okay. doing certain campaign levels over and over. There's multiplayer. There's you have to fight bots. You have to hope. Yeah, so much going on with the Onyx medals. There's a lot of stuff. Okay, I do remember reading that now. Now that you say that, I do remember the difference. There were events now, that were tied I don't, to it. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I don't agree with this. I think uh, if they want to make, if a developer wants to make a stupid difficult achievement they should be allowed to do it if they want to make an achievement that is a stupid long grind they should be allowed to do that but i love to put a little asterisk on that first point if they want to make it stupid difficult they need to prove that it can be unlocked so like for instance something completely different but you'll get my you'll get the relationship uh mario the mario maker game levels before you can ever publish a, a level to where anybody can play it, you, the creator, have to beat it yourself outside of the creator mode. Then it can get published. I think the developers should have to do the same thing. They should be. They should have to prove that th- that this achievement is unlockable without dev controls or console commands or anything like that. Like they can get it legit, and then whatever it could be as difficult as as they want it to be. It shouldn't be, you know, they shouldn't be able to put a, put an achievement in out there like beat Gears of War 3 in four and a half minutes because clearly that's impossible. You're not able to do that. So that's just going to be an unobtainable for for uh, forever. I don't agree with that. But, you know, if they want to make something really, really difficult, like a difficult speed run for Gears of War 3, just since that's a game that was brought up, beat the game in under two hours, assuming that's possible. I don't actually know how fast you could beat it. You know, whatever. More power to them. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways, though, if you look back to the earlier history of some 360 stuff, they have standardized a lot more than they used to. 
I mean, you don't see games like Condemned that have like a weird amount out the base. We don't see games. 970. Yeah, we don't see games like Hellboy that has, that you can't complete because it has a base game completion tied to DLC that was never released. Or there was a Little Mermaid yeah. game on Windows 8. So there is a lot more standardization than we remember because there was a lot of really frustrating and obnoxious things that happened early on. And even the point values. Leaderboards. Yeah. Even the point values. Because like I have a game here like uh, Brave that has like a 500 point achievement. And you never. <laughs> what? Yeah. It has a 500. You don't see those. Like you don't see a 500 or 400 point achievement anymore. I think it's locked at 200. I barely ever see anything higher than that. Like higher than that. Maybe there's a 250 somewhere. But they've locked kind of the scores as, as being like on average one way or the other. And I do like that. There should be some sort of a standard, uh, some sort of a standard with these. Now I'm not saying every gamer game or every achievement should you know be at least five gamer score or multiple thereof. You know, if you want to have like a sixty-two point achievement, I think that's fine. Yeah. At at the end, it should you know even out to a thousand. I think every game should have a base one thousand. Yeah. That way, that is just the standard. Yeah, just uh, a lot of people in the community who just won't buy their games or play their games, though. So that's the flip side of it. They will vote with their wallets. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about people that won't play Gears 3 and 4 and 5 because of the achievement lists. So they can do it, but they might alienate certain people. And then with his point uh, C, no achievements had dates or licenses that would render them unobtainable in the future. I also agree with that. 100% agree with that. You know, if you're if you have an achievement that's tied to a specific event at a certain time, like looking at you, Overwatch, there was a lot lot of achievements like that where you had to do it in this event, and now that that game is had its update or whatever you want to call, call it, a lot of those are now rendered useless or unobtainable, I should say. It discontinued. Discontinued. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, to a point. But like some games are just going to be that way. I mean, one versus 100 list under that criteria would have never happened. Because it was an ephemeral I mean, event that was just going to happen in a short amount of time. Should have never died. Then maybe that should have just been a game that didn't have achievements. Maybe. But I know a lot of people probably wouldn't have played it and they would have missed out. Did they just not announce when it was ending? Is that what the big problem was? I know a lot of people uh, left were left without the completion there. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think they just kind of... I don't remember far enough. Yeah, that was a long time ago. I think they just yanked, yanked it. Yeah. But, I mean, that, that still was a really great experience. And it was an ephemeral thing that only happened for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anybody else have any other thing that they want to bring up or talk about or whatever? Before we move on, um, PlayStation sucks. No arguments there. All right. Well, in that case, let's move into our game showcase. And before we get into that, um, I actually need to go. <laughs> oh, it's squinchy. Oh, oh, I didn't have any corn. So, Kenny had explosive diarrhea. Koosh, why don't you go with the game showcase? 
I was disgusting. It like came up out of his shirt. I've never seen a grown man. It's, it's <laughs> disgusting. Uh, Glad this was not the live show week. Turn um, off your camera next time. So I, I played a game on Game Pass. We're back to that the old old oh, nugget. That old bucket of syrup. Uh, <laughs> called Somerville. Because uh, there's not two M's. So Somerville. Not Somerville. Somerville. Uh, and this game is one of my favorite genres. Uh, it is the Limbo-like. Um, TA will tell you it's adventure, but honestly, it's a Limbo-like. You need to make a, and a, a list for us. We do. Ah. We do. We, we need to make a, 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 a good yeah. use of the TA list uh, functionality. Good. Um, I will think about that. Uh, so this, uh, this game, uh, there is no dialogue. There's nothing uh, written. Everything that takes place in this game is... Just what you see on the screen. You have to infer everything. Uh, and you have to kind of, you know, make your own understanding of what goes on. It starts off in this uh, kind of remote house. It's a uh, husband, his wife, their child, their young child, uh, and a dog. And they all kind of fall asleep watching TV. And uh, from the from the get-go, it's just a little bit eerie and a little bit kind of scary uh, because the room is dark. You're controlling the kid. They all fall asleep and you start off controlling the kid. Uh, and I'm just worried like what's going to happen to this kid, right? So you're this little toddler. And when you're moving around the room, it really looks like he's going to fall over. He climbs up on the, the table in front of the TV uh, and you basically start exploring the house. And from, from that point on uh, you switch to controlling the husband uh, and for the entire rest of the game, you are playing as the husband. And uh, I don't want to go too much into the story uh, because I, I feel like that's really where this game uh, shines. Uh, but I do want to say, if you liked Inside, this game is very much like Inside. Um, there's not a whole lot of dodging mechanics. So if you think of like a limbo, uh, most of it was based on timing and understanding patterns and when you can move and, and such. This game is not so much that. This game is more just kind of solving the little puzzle, getting from this side of the screen to the other side of the screen, knowing what you have to do. There are a couple times when you have to dodge um, things that are uh, basically looking out for you, and if they see you, they'll kill you right away. Um, but when that happens, it's a very quick reload. You just right back where you started from. Uh, the achievements, for the most point, uh, for the most part, are related to things you do in the game. However, uh, or you know, as as you progress the story, I should say. So they are progression based achievements. There are a good handful that are for just doing fun things. Uh, so like you you're walking along and you see a park bench on a cliff, and we all know <laughs> from brothers, uh, if I sit on that park bench, I'm getting an achievement. And sure enough, you get an achievement. Yay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. It's great. You have to sit there for a minute. Uh, you'll see uh, you'll see Porta Johns. And you're gonna think to yourself, is there an achievement for sitting in that Porta John? Yes, there is. Uh so <laughs> uh, and you know, if you look at the achievement list, you would know that. That's not a spoiler. I'm not killing a major plot point in the game. Uh, but there are kind of kind of fun things like that. Um, the game is beautiful. Uh, this art style is great. Uh, and the animations they spent a lot of time on um, towards the end of the game. 
there are some really fast moving sequences uh, and they're kind of really tense. There's a lot of tension going on as you're, you're running away and you're uh, like going to someplace. You don't quite know where you're going. You're just, you're just trying to get away. Uh, and they just do a great job of, of building that tension. And I was on the edge of my couch late at night. I, I couldn't watch this on my, my, my office screen because it's too small. Uh, a lot of the action takes place far away. So it's kind of hard to tell what your interaction points are. Now, I don't know if it's old eyes or what, uh, but this game played so much better on my TV uh, where it was just much bigger and I could enjoy, uh, number one, I could enjoy what was going on the screen a little bit better because it's bigger, but I could also uh, tell more easily where my interaction points were, what the pathways were on the screen that I could potentially take and such. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's a difficult game. The puzzles aren't that, you know, they're not going to break your brain or anything. Um, but there might be a couple points where it's, uh, it's not quite clear what you have to do, but if you play around a little bit, you'll figure it out. I didn't have to use a guide or anything uh, to get to the end of the game. Now, that is the only point where this game kind of falls short. In my opinion, the end of the game gets weird. Um, a game like inside, I think it, it did a pretty good job at ending the game, uh, without going into any like, uh, plot points. You can tell how that game ends. Uh, this game, it kind of ends with like, um, I guess say like a Simon Says sequence. And there's a language that uh, as you're going through the game, you're kind of rescuing these little um, characters. I'll just call them characters. And apparently, and I, I didn't figure this out. I don't, I don't understand this. They teach you a language as you're rescuing them. But I didn't get that at all. Uh, and when you get to the end of the game, you're kind of communicating with somebody and they're asking you uh, a dialogue with just patterns. And it's your job to respond in kind of like a Simon Says way with an answer that makes sense in their language. But I have no freaking clue <laughs> what that language is. Uh, and there are like four endings based off of this interaction with that, uh, that conversation. And it made no sense to me at all. I would not have gotten all of the achievements uh, had I not had solutions there to tell you what patterns to do. And what's really bugging me is that no one explains how they got those patterns, like what the, what the language is, what the conversation even is. That really bugs me. And it kind of, it's the downer for this game. I don't really like the ending. Um, so it's like a close encounters of the third kind. It's very much a close encounter. That's the, the third what my mind ending. immediately jumped to when you were talking about. Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> well, if if you get there, vulgar, it's going to be even more so. Okay. <laughs> like you're going to be like, oh my gosh, like why didn't he just say it? Um, but yeah, now now when you do that, you want to when you beat the game with through all the endings, you want to sit through like the one or two minutes of credits, and then there'll be a little stinger at the end that's changes based on each ending as well. So um, so it's kind of worth it to go through. I didn't mind but I just had no clue what was happening towards the end. And I thought that the gameplay at the very end before that, that segment was just boring and it was just more. Now it was, it was looked good and they did a great job uh, with, uh, you know, how it looked and how it moved and all, but it just felt extra. And I just, I just did not enjoy it, uh, which is a real bummer because it's just a downer to have that be at the end of the game. Um, the game starts out kind of simplistic and you're like, oh, this is, okay, so this is, this is the game, huh? Well, it kind of opens up in the middle 
and it kind of fails at the very end, which I'm, I'm a little bit bummed by. But overall, I really enjoyed this game. It's another Limbo-like. If you like Limbo, you got a big TV where you can kind of enjoy everything that's just happening on the screen. It's a good game because it's in Game Pass. You're not paying for it. Uh, I still recommend it, even with that kind of bummer of an ending. Is it one of those things where if I just decided to run through without a guide, uh, there's like checkpoints, or would I have to roll through the whole thing again? Yep. Thank you. I meant, to, I meant I to bring that, that up. Just like Limbo and Inside and all these Limbo likes, they have a fantastic, uh, you know, level select. Uh, this one, not only do you pick the level, but you can pick the checkpoint in the level. Mm-hmm. I know nice. uh, other games do that as well. So this one is very easy to clean up. Uh, it doesn't seem like you have to go back, uh, keep a checkpoint, and then go do something else, you know, like play it to the end of the checkpoint. If you do the thing that gets the achievement, you get the achievement. Okay. Um, so I, I actually had to do cleanup to go collect one of those uh, people that you have to meet along the way to teach you the language. <laughs> and th- luckily, I only missed one. So I went back to a checkpoint that I thought was probably the one I missed. Sure enough, it was, and the achievement popped like right away. So I had no problems with pops. Nice. Yeah, congrats on the completion. Uh, Thank you. Uh, it was a great game. I'm a little surprised that not many people have played it um, for my friends list. And there's well, 10,380 people on TA that have started it, 1,717 completions, but well, only yeah, four only to five hours. Four, you know, five people. Yeah, it's a lot of. Uh, uh, it's a lot of. It's a lot of pizza time games, now. Pizza quiz games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. There's a lot of. Yeah, uh, well, you know, that, I mean, that's like. 30,000 uh, gimme points. Yeah, how many all, parrots right? can I jump in this time? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think but more yeah. people will play it. It's I just another so. one but of like, these with the title that you're like, what kind of game is this? I don't know. Well, you know, I've been following these things closely yeah. because of the sizzle reels and such for like a year or so. I've been looking forward to this one, just like Planet of Lana. I think Planet of Lana, I think it's going to be better than this. I hope it's going to be like two or three times better, <laughs> but that might be set my expectations too high. Weird. Another it, fun, yeah. uh, another fun fact, the developer and publisher jump ship who made this game have just been acquired by Thunderful. Another one of my favorite developers. Uh, oh. slash publishers. So, so they so yeah, jump so, ship uh, to a new, <laughs> yeah, they, they totally jump ship. <laughs> It was right there. Right yeah. <laughs> it, was like, it was there all along. <laughs> Only 11 yeah, achievements, Somerville. Though, huh? Hmm. Go get it. Yeah, only 11. That seems... Um, I feel like you would have liked more. It's not more. my favorite thing. Yeah. At least they had one more than the, the bare minimum. <laughs> I feel like you would have liked more throughout. I would have. I, yeah, um, knowing you. I, I would like more of the random stuff, like, oh, go do this, go do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just kind of weird which ones they picked to be the progression-based achievements. Mm-hmm. Um. I would I would recommend just going straight through, just play it because the cleanup is that easy to do. Every single achievement has a has a solution, and I don't think it, I don't think they're wrong because it's you know it's pretty easy to get mostly everything as you go through. It's just those really uh, esoteric conversation ones that were <laughs> I still don't understand. I'm gonna have to follow back and check the forum see what, see what's going on with that. Cool. All right. Oh. Uh- L, did you have uh, something for the games showcase? Uh, well, I didn't start anything new this week. I've been trying to clean up some games. Uh, if you remember a couple weeks ago, I talked about this lovely East Asia soft game called Arsonist Heaven. And I wanted to take this time to say, F you, Arsonist Heaven. 
You got burned? Um, I got burned. Yes, I did, actually. So this was a game where I streamed it, and it took me about a half an hour to complete level two. And now I can beat level two with no problem. I can beat level three with no problem. Um, But then what happens sometimes is the game crashes, and the game does not save your progress, and you have to start all the way over from level one. So I figured this out, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to beat this game in one sitting and get this done. So someone in one of the solutions uh, figured out that if you press start and go to quit, then it saves your progress. So after you beat each level, and you only have to do 12 of them, but that's still uh, a couple of hours. So someone figured out if you quit out, it saves your progress, which that does work. So I I, I employed this wisdom for the first five or six levels and then i got stupid and stopped doing that so sure enough i finished level 11 and then i finished level 12 which is the last level you need to do and it took me a good while to beat this one and sure enough it crashed again i did not get the last achievement and my save is somewhere back at level five or six so yeah i am very mad at this game (laughs) And this just shouldn't be. It's very broken. So I'm going to have to go back. Fortunately, I know what I'm doing now. You just have to complete, uh, beat all the, all the enemies on each level. And that's all you got to do. There's two boss fights you got to do. And there's solutions for them. But basically, all you got to do is go to the corner, jump down, hit them once, jump back up. And unfortunately, you have to cheese the bosses to beat them because there's no real alternative strategy than to just hit them once, run out of the way, and get your fuel back and do it all over again. Ah, do not recommend. Do not recommend. It sounds like it's really lighting a fire under you to get that completion. Ah, boy. <laughs> and then I played another terrible game that I talked about probably last week, or two weeks ago, when we talked about uh, licensed games. Um, Fantastic Four uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer on the 360 showed up on my RTDL. I'm like, oh, all right, no problem. This uh, this achievement I need is a, you know a 1.14 ratio. That can't be so bad. <sighs> Took I think an hour and a half to get there, and it's four player co op, which sounds great, but when you have your kids playing with you and you're all running in different directions, it's not so great. It makes it. Which uh, so my, which member of the Fantastic Four did you pick, Al? Um, I played primarily as Human Torch because you can fly around with him and he's the most funnest. And my daughter was playing as the Thing because she, he's strong. And my son um, was alternating between the other two. So you could just simple D-pad touch, switch guys. But the camera's terrible. And if you're playing with multiple people, just you get lost so easily. So unfortunately, my son got frustrated. He dropped out, and that actually made it better. I was playing with my daughter. And we finally beat the first long level and defeated Super Scroll and got my R2DL achievement for a massive 1.14 ratio. <sighs> really wanted to like this game. I love Fantastic Four comics. I love... I love the humor. I love the thing. I love everything. Not I'm, good. 
That movie's so bad, though. <laughs> the movie was bad, too, but I like the comics. Believe it yeah. or not, there's these comic books that you can read. You read comics, Devin. I know you know that. I, I'm, I'm aware. I don't I've read you, a couple. I don't know if you yeah. I don't know if you read Fantastic Four, but yes, it's a it's one of the oldest oldest franchises. Marvel's first um, family. <laughs> yes. So I've actually been employing uh, a Nate strategy and chasing a couple of Game Pass games, but they're mm-hmm. games that have not been announced yet. So I'm trying to get ahead of them. Uh, one of them is Tunic, which I started when it came out and dropped it like uh, some of us did. I've been playing that one with my son, which is fun because I'm getting him into Zelda games also, and it's pretty pretty darn similar. When you play Tunic for a while, you you well for me, I'm always like, wow, they really the game design on this game is incredible. Like when you get a shortcut to go back to an area and you see like you can go a certain way, go behind a bridge and go behind a waterfall and just, just a beautiful, beautiful game. So we beat the game, beat the last boss, but we didn't get to completion yet. I know that there's secret treasures to find and there's these fairies you have to find. Now, Nate, did you do the, this stuff? Because I know that you have to do a button combinations to get these fairies. And I'm not sure. Uh, no, I okay. not progressed to that point yet. I need to go back to that game. It's, okay. uh, well, it depends on the fairy. Did you, Devin? I completed it. Okay, cool. So you know what I'm talking about. Because looking at the solutions, it's like you got to do up, left, right, left. And then there's a whole bunch mm-hmm. of things you got to do. And I'm like, how would you know this? Look at the backgrounds. They, of the th- look at the backgrounds of the areas a lot of the time. That's really? my so hint. If you look at so the background. it's under your nose the whole time? If you yeah. look at the background art. Mm-hmm. And then imagine it as being some sort of maze. Yeah. Then you will. I mean, that's that's really? more than a hint. That is. Yeah, I think he's pretty much given it. <laughs> I think you've got enough there. Yeah, I, uh, that would okay, be no, how you do some of them. Uh, others, okay, it's more like, like what you were saying. Door, yeah, uh, there's one in a mountain door, like something like an instruction page. I have no idea how you'd solve that. Okay. Well, that's helpful. Nope. Thank you. I just, I figured that this game's very clever that they wouldn't just put something random, that there would be a method to their madness. So I'm trying to I, get that one done. And I cheated. Oh, <laughs> yeah, now you'll hear about um, it. Cheating is good. I recorded I mean, a uh, thing about it for the for future, but I used it. Oh, cool, as, cool. I used a guide as a WD 40 basically to just get me unstuck. That's fine. Um, I played the first bunch without a guide and without uh, accessibility, and then uh, we used the guide and accessibility to, to finish up because it got us through. And whatever, we did it, and now we got to go back and clean up. But really good, really fun game. The other game I've been trying to hit up before it leaves, of, uh, which might be in January because that's when it came to Game Pass, is uh, Taiko no Tatsujin, the drum master. And that one, you just got to play a little each day, basically. You play the three bonus songs each day. Got to play for 30 days. It's not in a row like we thought it was, but you just got to play for 30 days. And you just have to keep on hitting up the shop and buying the items. It's one of those you just got to play every day. So trying to get that one done as well. 
a little potpourri is what I've been doing lately. Well, technically, you don't have to play every day. There are ways to cheese that. I think with the PC, it's pretty easy to do date swapping uh, if you want to knock out that 30-day early. And then uh, for buying the stuff in the stores, you can just spend extra money. Mm -hmm. If you have extra money, you can spend a 1000 to refresh each store page yes. uh, and then buy the next day's worth of stuff. Uh, well, so, we've yeah. been doing we – my son and I have been doing the three bonus songs every day, at least get it, and then you get crowns doing that. You're making progress towards everything. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, if you're doing it as a daily thing with your yeah. son, that's awesome. But yeah. if, let's say if, if you don't want to do that. If time is tight, let's say you have 15 days to complete it and you're uh -huh. – Let's say just yeah, – yeah, like, just for no reason you had 15 well, we're days or maybe 13. Yeah. We're trying maybe to, 13. We're trying to get ahead of that, but yes. <laughs> if you were, will be employed yeah. at some point. <laughs> I'm using the word employed a lot, but damn. Uh, yeah. You need zip so, recruiter or something. He'll be hired. <laughs> <laughs> not an ad. Could be an ad. I'll show uh, for indeed. But uh, as far as the gameplay goes, there's just, I don't know. I feel like every time I play it, it seems shallow. It's just the two notes, a blue and a red, and I want to play Rock Band every time. So um, <laughs> You just want to march yeah. to the beat of your own drum? Oh, God. All right. Someone else needs to get diarrhea and leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, unfortunately, I have uh, taken right my back. modium, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to be here for the long haul. Uh, I have not played anything that I felt like talking about this week, so I uh, picked something that I played during my extra live stream and haven't gotten nice. back to. But uh, if you were there for the first bit of the extra live stream, I played Persona Five Royale with cheese. Um, it is a <laughs> game that was, I know that uh, reference <laughs> formerly on the PlayStation as uh, now on game pass and on paper, had it not been for my friend, Steve getting me to do it on paper, I would hate this game. Uh, there's nothing about it that I would particularly find engaging. I don't like turn-based Japanese RPGs by the by, but this game does enough things that makes that fixes a lot of the problems that I have with that format for one it mixes a lot of like life management stuff in it so the basic premise of persona is that you play as a dude in uh in a japanese high school you're an outcast for various reasons and uh you and your and your team uh go in to basically fix people that are in some way mentally broken uh by going in and, and finding a specific thing it's it's kind of complicated um but a lot of it is finding ways to maximize your personal free time and like bond with your friends which will make their combat better or make yourself smarter um but you only have so much time like in this case if i don't do it in a set amount of time i get kicked out of school and you wouldn't want that to happen would you would you exactly no you wouldn't I mean, so, so yeah, that if you don't beat the boss in X amount of weeks in like two weeks, you lose, though. I've been told that if that happens, it lets you roll back to 10 days before because the dungeons are long and it'll take you that long to get to the end. Um, and also, it doesn't let you grind. There is no grinding for XP. There's a set amount of enemies and there's only a set amount of time. 
And so if you tried to grind it out, you would hit a brick wall where it wouldn't work. And it's not really about that. Um, I also love that the combat system uh, has a lot of things with elements and figuring out weaknesses, a la Pokemon, which I've really enjoyed in the past. Uh, and is really unique with how you can kind of tag people in and out uh, to make best use of, of who has different elemental abilities. It's really cool. It, and it's really engaging. I played five hours on stream, which was enough to get me past the tutorial. It's going to take me a hot minute to get through all of the 120 hours. It says that you need to complete wow. the game. Yeah. But some things that are pretty rad uh, it, with the Royale version, you get a lot of accessories and weapons that you wouldn't normally get that make the game even easier. If you are like me and are absolutely terrible at these sorts of things. Uh, I'm planning to not use them unless I get stuck. If I find something that just frustrates me to no end, we're slapping those bad boys on and we're, we're giving it a go. Um, and it looks like for the most part, some of the achievements, they seem doable. Some of them looks like you can guide it out. I'm not planning on doing that. I'm just going to do it legit and just kind of try it out and see what I can do. Um, and then, the only other thing is narratively, they have a DLC character to your party, and you can very clearly tell they're a DLC character because of how awkwardly they're interjected into the story, uh, because they had to figure out a way to put them in there in a way that makes sense. And every time they show up, it's very clear that they're like the Poochie of the group uh, or the landfill too, where it's just like, yeah, I hey, how's it going? I'm involved in your activities, and I was told everything about it, so we don't have that awkward getting-to-know-each-other phase. I can join your party anytime. Like, they're very... They stick out like a sore thumb. But yeah, I would highly recommend it. I had not known anything about the series whatsoever. Uh, my friend uh, said that he would donate if I played it on stream for a while, and I, I got absolutely hooked on Persona 5 Royale. Uh, I believe Persona 4 is also on there, uh, and you can try that as well, too. Um, and I'm I'm interested. I'm very interested to see where it goes. It's a slow burn. Uh, I don't think you're going to get much out of it if you spend, like, one hour. You're really going to have to give, like, a couple hours to really get what it's trying to do. Uh, because it's it's got an experience, and it wants to, it's going to take a little bit for, you, for it to tell you all the little systems and things uh, that are involved in it. And... I appreciate that. I appreciate the, the subtle stuff that it does to differentiate itself from like a lot of normal RPG things that I don't like. It's rad. <laughs> I will say when I was watching the stream, there was a lot of, uh, what's that word? Dialogue. Mm. And you started off listening to it and then you were kind of just, you could tell you were, you were reading it and then kind of cutting them off halfway. It just seems like a lot. There's a lot of dialogue. Uh, mo yeah. That's how I play normally. If I read it, I'll just cut them off if I know where it's going. Um, right. That's a me problem. Oh, it's that's not bad. I'll just play them on stream. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, I. I don't know. It's weird because, yeah, like a lot of the stuff, it's like the grinding is a lot of what I don't like about Final Fantasies and stuff. Not necessarily the battle mm. system, but it's just. Sometimes if it's too passive, I don't like that. But I like the tagging back and forth and stuff. I also like that you could dress up your characters like Power Rangers and it changes the themes. 
that played yeah. at the ending battles. Every character, because that's part of the DLC. You can dress up the characters in different outfits. And uh, yeah, I dressed them all up as Power Rangers, because why not? It's rad. I would recommend it. I think it's cool. very cool that it came to Game Pass. Very, very cool. Anyone have any questions or do we want to move right along? There's a four-player co-op. No. Damn. No, probably I'm not. Out. I'm out. Uh, <laughs> probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. Is there a double jump? <laughs> no, but there is traversal through the dungeons, and I believe you can oh. jump through that. Um, so there is a, a jumping ability, and there's some light puzzle solving. I don't know if I can recommend this game for you, Koosh, but I mean, if, 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 if it's not one of the things like the life management, like figuring out different ways to like maximize your free time as a high school student so that you can best be an adventurer and then do those adventures. If that doesn't sell you on it, I don't think anything really will. Um, but to me, I just love the idea of like, oh, well, I got to do this and then I got to go talk to this guy and hang out with him. That way we strengthen our bond. Then I'm going to read some books. And like, to me, that's like, that's rad. Um, big fan. Wow. Happy you're happy. I mean, yeah. for a game that's 100 to 120 hours, there's 1,200 people finished it already. And that's uh, in a month. It's, it seems doable good. if you know what you're doing. And also a lot of the stuff you get is pretty overpowered. Um, like some of the accessories as looking up, just completely negate specific moves that can be done to you, which can make it so that you cheese boss fights. And also a lot of the stuff's been done on the PlayStation. I think it's the same trophy list. So right. you so could you just copy all that over. Somewhere. Yeah. So you could do it if you wanted to, you know, I don't really want to, as I've gotten further, I just don't like using walkthroughs if I can help it. If I can just play through mm. an experience on my own, maybe just having a heads up like, hey, you, you're going to want to do this so that you don't miss something. I've been mm -hmm. trying to do that instead. I've just kind of got sick walkthroughs. I mean, this this seems like a solid month of game of this one, of playing one game. Yeah, I kind of want to just do that, though. Mm -hmm. uh, here after December, I kind of want to just sit down and just play through like Persona it. and see where it gets me. Like I did with like The Witcher 3 all those years ago. It's good stuff. But yeah, uh, I know probably no one listening is going to play this because it's way too long for our crowd, but and I don't even think it's that high ratio even either for the time investment, but I think it's cool. But yeah, uh, there's Nothing else. Cool. Well, uh, you know, we got what's well, Thanksgiving today. Let's think about the other real American holiday. That's Black Friday. What kind of sales are can we get into to spend our hard earned money and not be thankful for the games that we have and have lust for the games that we don't? Anyone got any good suggestions? Uh, I'll, I'll hey. actually list Kenny's before he had diary. Uh, he said DBC Kakarot for $15. <laughs> <laughs> that explains the diary. Yeah, it explains all that. <laughs> all that. Uh, take it away, uh, Koosh. All right. Uh, I'm going to mention Mini Golf Adventures, or just Adventure. There's not two of them. 
Uh, $1.24 down from five. This is sports golf, shockingly enough. Uh, it's two to three hours. This looks fun. Uh, I don't know if you can play it with friends or not. Uh, next up, Arise, uh-huh. a simple story. And let me tell you a story. Uh, this game was recommended to me by none other than What the Fug. He says, Hey, Koosh, I think I found a game for you. It's not a Vayner. No one of my friends list has played it besides K4. It's colorful. It's got an atmosphere like rhyme. It's light puzzle platforming adventure. That, once again, it's a rise, a simple story. And then a few short months later, he, <laughs> he also posts to the Discord, man, I want to a, like a rise, but it's platforming and game design is so bad. Um, well, to tell you what, I bought this game when he recommended it to me or before he recommended it to me, if I'm being honest. Uh, and I just got around to play it because I wanted to recommend it. And I thought that was a funny little story. Uh, it's $8 down from 20. It's adventure. It's eight to 10 hours. Um, and it's got a 4.11 rating. So don't listen to Fug. Other people like it. I'm glad he was uh, able to get a rise out of you. That was, that was oh, he <laughs> there it is. He was there. I was, all I was waiting. Uh, so I started it out. Uh, uh, once again, I said I, I purchased this before just because I love the art style and I liked what I saw. Uh, so I, I played five to 10 minutes for you, dear listener. Uh, it has oh. a fixed camera. It's got platforming puzzles and it's combined uh, with the ability to fast forward and rewind time in order to change the platforming landscape. So you can uh, raise tides, lower tides. You can uh, basically increase the size of snow piles or let that snow melt. Uh, so that kind of changes the platforming that you can go do. Uh, so far in the first five to ten minutes, it's a banger, as Devin would say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know what happens towards the end to ruin Fug's enjoyment of it, but I will get there eventually and maybe – Maybe in time for next week. We'll see. Uh, next up, Makoko X. I'm guessing that's how you say it. $7 down from eleven fifty. This is an action Quicks like I have no idea what Quicks is. I never played it back in the day. It's got a 4.1 rating. I asked Waka to play this, and he beat it in a day. <laughs> uh, I said, just try it, Waka. I said, try it. I didn't say go ham on it, but he did. He completed the whole thing. It's supposed to be like an eight-hour completion. Uh, and he knocked it out in like way less than that. Uh, I think it was like two hours. Uh, it looks a lot like a Nintendo Jiggle Fest game, uh, but Waka, he says it's actually a good game and it's not as creepy as you might think. And that's an endorsement if I've ever heard one. Um, the game plays a lot like uh, if you've ever watched the Tron movies, <laughs> there's this thing called a light cycle and it creates a wall behind it when it runs. And that's what you're doing. You're, you're moving a character, you're creating this wall and you're trying to box in little bouncing characters. Uh, at least on the the ones level that I saw. Maybe it changes. Maybe they change up the formula a little bit. But you cannot let then that enemy hit that wall that you're building until you connect it to another side wall. If you do, you, you lose a life. And that's the game. Um, next up, and finally, Undead Horde, $5 down from 17 This is a strategy real-time game. Uh, it's 10 to 12 hours. It's from developer 10 tons. Now, I love 10-ton games. Um, and uh, they have such games that I like, like um, bah, 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 Neon Chrome. They have Tesla versus Lovecraft and Tesla Force. They have Jidge <laughs> or Judge, depending on how you pronounce that. Uh, Time Recoil, uh, Recoil and Spellspire, Neon Chrome and all the Sparkle games. So they have a lot of fun stuff. Uh, and if, if you like their type of games, too, I recommend you look into this. This is their take on Pikmin or Overlord. Leaving leaning more heavily on the Overlord side looks really good. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to this one, uh, and that's what I've got for you. All right, um, I'll go next. Uh, 
we got Prey, the new one. Not not the not the one from uh, uh, launch for the Xbox 360, but the new one. Uh, I got it with all DLC for $9.99. Uh, if you're anything like me, and I know I am, uh, you want to shore up all that <laughs> DLC that's going to be there. So even though it's on Game Pass, it doesn't have the Moon Crash and the Typhoon Hunter. Uh, from what I've played of Prey, it's really cool. It has um, enemies that are a lot like the thing. They shapeshift into various objects, and it's very creepy. Uh, and I'm a big fan of it thus far. Need to get back to it. I also bought Warhammer 40k Mechanus. Mechanus. I don't know. However you pronounce it, it's $9.99. It's a strategy, and it's 40k, <laughs> and those go together so, so very, very well. Uh, it was recommended to me by my best friend and, uh, at that price. How could I go wrong? Uh, and I also picked up Rage 2 Deluxe. Similar reasons as Prey. Uh, it came with almost all the DLC, but this is where I'm going to have a little side thing where I say that to get all of the DLC for Rage 2, you have to buy their in-game currency and pay $5 of in-game currency to unlock the last bit of DLC, and it makes no sense, and it makes me absolutely upset, but I bought it anyway because I have a problem. Anyway, If you had an emotion, what would you call that emotion? Uh, I would call it um, shame and anger is oh, what I feel okay. as to I what I had happened there when I bought it. But I said I was going Just to cause. buy all of the DLC for it, and I did, because I follow through with the things I say I'm going to do. That's Rage 2. It's twelve ninety nine uh for the Deluxe Edition. Comes with some uh, one DLC and another that you have to buy, and also the BFG from Doom, if you want that. Uh, L, do you have any recommendations at this time? Well, the good news is that on TA, which is TrueAchievements.com, they did something that I really liked. They put out an article that shows you the Black Friday uh, sale games that have never been cheaper. So I really think that was a cool idea for a column. Uh, the bad news is there wasn't anything on there that I uh, said, hmm, uh, yeah. But one that I think you would like, Devin, is the uh, Raccoon City Edition, which is uh, Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, and Resident Evil Resistance for fourteen ninety nine. All three of them. Yeah, I those are very solid. Good. Yeah. Um, that sounds to me like they're five dollars each ish. So yeah. And you know, if you're into these type of things, there's a uh, Tiny Tina Season Pass, twenty bucks down from 30 so stuff that is at its cheapest so yeah this i I hope they do this going forward and not just for the big sales because i like this for sure for sure i like this a lot but really a lot of the same stuff that's been on sale many times just a little bit cheaper oh the uh castlevania advanced collection is 11.99 i told you that'll be eventually cheaper because it keeps going on sale for 14.99 but now it's 11.99 that's There's a lot of a uh, lot of games that are really good in there, and Dracula X. Mm, it was the advanced collection? It's got the. But it's a collection. It's got it the is veiners. a collection. It's got veiners. Got to collect it. Yeah, and Dracula X. Mm, I don't think that one's in that one. It sure is. Okay. I yeah, cool. I've done that. It's not very good. All right, uh, and if you want other games of dubious quality, I don't know how good they are. But they're games with gold. And uh, right now we have Praetorians, the HD remaster that you always wanted, didn't you? 
it's available uh, for just a little bit more now till the 30th and dead end job. Uh, it's available till December 15th. So be sure to pick those up if you are so interested. Um, we also have a few games on Game Pass coming out uh, to at the time of recording. Gungrave Gore. It's Gore. Gunslinger of Resurrection, which is not in how acronyms work. But uh, it's a third game in a series of Gungrave. Um, I don't know who wrote all these, but that's very handy. Stylish third-person shooting meets close-range martial arts, creating seamlessly flowing action as you crush your enemies into a gory ballet of bullets. Um, so you have that, Cloud Console and PC. Uh, on the 29th, we have Insurgency Sandstorm by Darude. Uh, 25 to 20 to 25 hour FPS, uh, war torn environments. Yeah. And there's co op and PvP modes. Feel every bullet and fear every impact in fierce close combat as your team fights towards victory. So you got that. You got Soccer Story on Cloud Console and PC. Day one physics driven adventure RPG where every problem can be solved with your trusty magic ball just like lance armstrong and you'll best guard bad guys in one fight one compete in a way of sports with your soccer ball and solve puzzle with your brain and your balls it made the joke too (laughs) 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 and then uh one that i'm excited about on the 30th warhammer 40k dark tide uh, Dark Tide is the 40k equivalent to Vermintide, which is Left 4 Dead style uh, gameplay in the Warhammer universe. Uh, there's two Vermintides, and they decided to bring that over to the 40k. Uh, for all us heretics out there, uh, we could fight orcs and what have you. So that's Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. Uh, but leaving, we have Archvale, we got Deer Simulator, Final Fantasy X2, Mind Scanners, Mortal Shell, Space Warlord, Oregon, Trading Simulator, Undungeon, and a Warhammer 40k Battle Sector. So, get on those if you if you want. Uh, but Goosh, why don't you tell us about the Gamertag Challenge? Uh, we don't normally do that, uh, except for the end of the month. I will, however, take this time to tell you that uh, we will be oh, announcing oh. the next Gamertag uh, um, let's see when we'll do that. It looks like it'll be the 6th All of right. December. I'm finally um, on December with Jesus, me and Jesus, December. Still not going to win. Uh, <laughs> you're, you have to get all your uh, stuff in. Or I should say the scoring period ends on the 30th of November, and then your scores are due on the sheet by 2 p.m. Eastern time on the 6th of December, when we will uh, basically make it known on the podcast, on the live show, but we'll probably put it in the Discord because that's a whole week, and we hate it when people make announcements two or three days late. Yeah. Jerks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And with that, uh, we got uh, Brad Camp or Proclamation Point. Brad Point. Hatch Brags. Brag time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Chance time. <laughs> Uh, in completions, AZ Mongoose has reached a completion, uh, 150 completed games. Mark B has 400 completed games. Isrit has 1,300 completed games. And Lucas1987 has 2,700 completed games. Good golly. 
That's more than everyone combined Ollie. in that list. In streaks, uh, we have Inigo Montoya, 80, with a 50-day streak. And he is joined by NBA Kirkland. Oh, my goodness. Swavel <laughs> Dioxide. I should have prepared for that one. Slayer Raining. Also, all those guys, 50 days. Dunkos has 200. Lucas1987 has 300. Surf Biscuit with 1,150 days. Seamus McLimey with 2,250. Matrark with 3,350. And Mad Eye Pad Eye with 3,550. All right. Kenny had diarrhea, so I'll take over on his part. Gabby900 has. 100,000 gamer score. Desert Fox 420 has 550,000 gamer score. Z Wave Old Oxide has 650,000 gamer score. Mighty Mango has 1,500,000 gamer score. And Mental Knight has 2.1 million gamer score. These are very crazy things. Crazy trains. In leaderboards, bye seven, bye 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 bye. I'm out of here. That's explosive. Bye five seventy one is now in the top one thousand of the gamer score leaderboard for music. Oh, I see. Must be playing Taekwondo Satsujin. Crazy Catman is numero uno in South Carolina TA leaderboard for party games. Wow. Dark Lord Davis, aka Dinable, aka uh, very uh, bad at uh, Among Us is now top in the top twenty of the Kentucky Gamer Score leaderboard for arcade racing. Wow, you got to give bonus points for someone who admits to being from Kentucky. I gotta say, Enigma Gamer seventy seven is now in the top one thousand of the Gamer Score leaderboard for Xbox One. Gran Torino Option Fan is now in the top one hundred of the Georgia TA leaderboard for Xbox three sixty Puzzle. All right, get your pegel on. Mark B is now in the top five of the United Kingdom TA Difference Leaderboard for Wrestling. Whoa, I know something about that genre. And in braggadocious brags, the only person to tag me was the illustrious Mike Pitch, who got his 869th completion by fondling organs in the basement uh, by himself for hours last night with uh, Space Warlord Organ Treating Simulator. He also played Space War. Yes. Yes, that is true. Real quick, I had to go do the research and discover that I'd already done the research. Zvafel dioxide is sulfur dioxide in Dutch. So Ah. that is awesome. That is awesome. You are a Dutch wonderland. Can I say that? I don't know. Oh, all right. Well, that about wraps it up for <laughs> level 226. Uh, but um, if you want to follow us other places, we do have a Twitch, Twitter, Discord, uh, and a Patreon. If you feel like contributing money to this, uh, we also have a YouTube that's on here as well. Um, but yeah, that, that's it. Any <laughs> any closing closing remarks? Oh yeah, uh, Kenny had uh, diarrhea. Kenny has explosive, explosive diarrhea. It filled up the yeah, whole it's room. Disgusting. If it if it kept going, he would have drowned. Just want to make sure you guys knew that. That's just, all. Just yeah, it's unholy. Really, came out of his holy. All right, with that, uh, <laughs> we're gonna have to go clean up this mess. Hope you all <laughs> no, enjoy your Thanksgiving. No, no, he's cleaning up that mess. I ain't doing anything. <laughs>
yeah happy, happy thanksgiving. thanksgiving anyone hopefully you don't actually listen to this on thanksgiving go eat uh, and, and watch football and be with your family and uh, listen to this uh in the mall on black friday that's good or if you're not from the if you're from the greenlands of not america enjoy your thursday happy thursday everybody happy thursday <laughs> all right see you everybody peace Give me diarrhea class is dismissed Welcome back to the Master Raters, a long overdue uh, segment uh, where we have literally been trying to get this recorded for, I think, maybe three or four weeks. It's cursed. uh, With multiple delays, but we're back. We're back, baby. Um, And uh, we're back here rating our games, talking about the games that we rate uh, and why we rate them. We've gone through 0.5, 1, 1.5, 2, and we're now hitting the midpoint 2.5 2.5 right in the middle uh, so the games that are not quite bad enough to get a low rating not quite good enough to get a good rating for me i think we're hitting literally the average here the middle the the kind of meh games that's the sound i would make if i was kind of <laughs> thinking of a 2.5 meh so with me as always uh i'm chewy on ice by the way with me as always are vulgar latin and matrock how are you guys doing good I'm I'm good too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd go. Eh. I'm more or less okay. Yeah, right in the middle, average. I'm fine, but not dandy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like as I said, I mean, two point five. It's 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 a bit of a fallback rating for me. I think I I had a look and I had quite a lot of twos. Uh, but I have a lot of 2.5s and it's just the kind of like, I can't commit to anything rating. Um, and I do like, I, I do obsessively rate my games and, and I rate everything. And, and as we've gone over before, I, I rate all the rats and everything. So a lot of my 2.5s are the rats that I thought were kind of just okay. So they fill up the, they fill up the tables quite a lot. But yeah, I, I rate a lot of games that I just kind of don't feel hugely strongly about one way or the other. And that just kind of lands in the 2.5 the massive 2.5 bucket uh, how about you guys what do you guys kind of go for with this rating i largely feel that 2.5 still for me is kind of negative and i know it doesn't make mathematical sense like i know it's like dead on right in the middle right but like for me three's kind of the yeah this is okay mm. 2.5 is just sort of like a almost good but still kind mm. of but it's still more bad than good and it doesn't it doesn't make any large logical sense, but I'm still just like, eh. Hmm. Cause I mean, if you think about it, it's still a fifty percent. And if you get into schoolwork and they gave you a fifty percent, that's bad. Right. That's a fair assessment. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, I I'm, let me try and get this right because for me a two point five is a eh. But a three is a eh. There was a subtle difference there. So so eh and eh. <laughs> yeah i mean at 2.5 it's kind of bad but it's not offensively bad or anything it's not something that i'm gonna write home about but it's not like the the neutral for me is about a three i'd say mm. Mm. okay i think i lean positive more with the three i i get where you're 
coming from with that too? Because I think on um, even like Metacritic, I think a seven or higher is green shows that it's good. But still, if you're in like six, five, it's still not bad. But then after, you know, so I, I get what you're coming. Like average is, is like everything. It's definitely um, a subjective measure. For me, the the term I know I've thrown around with you guys before is a, a two point five game is a game that is aggressively average, like it doesn't do anything particularly well, but it also operates exactly like it's supposed to. It's not particularly memorable, and I think that's going to be a theme, uh, not amongst the games that we talk about, but I know for myself when I'm looking at my list of two point fives, they're mostly games where I'm like, I really don't remember anything substantial about it. It was okay, and that's kind of where that lands for me. So I'm, I think your eh assessment is also pretty accurate, Chewy. Eh. eh. Okay, well, with, with that, let's talk about some games. So uh, I'm, I think I'm going to kick things off now because I think mine aren't too controversial. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, we just get, kind of get cracking on this. And the first one I want to talk about is a licensed property game. When I was picking up the community ratings the patron ratings you get a lot a lot of licensed games uh in the kind of lower end uh the 1.5s the twos and quite a lot also land in the 2.5s this property actually is quite popular in the world of video games but not this particular iteration of the property i am of course talking about the walking dead uh better known probably by most people for the Telltale adventure games. But The Walking Dead is a franchise which, as the longevity of the TV series has proven, has a lot of legs and arms and biting mouths (laughs) um, and is heavily utilised, let's say, in the world of merchandising and commercialism. Uh, So it's not surprising that the, the Telltale games are not the only ones out there. There is the very, very ill-fated one that I can't quite remember the name of. There's the one from uh, the Payday People, right? Yes, that's the one I'm trying to think of from a few years back that that took a long time to get to console and and failed on all fronts. Overkill's The Walking Dead. Yes. Terrible. That's not the one I'm talking about. I'm talking about the other not-very-good Walking Dead title from a few years back, uh, 2013's The Walking Dead Survival Instinct on the 360. Did either of you play this one? No, uh, I had just heard fairly bad things about it, that it just wasn't very good, so I just avoided it when it came out. But I remember it uh, releasing. It is not very good, you are correct. (laughs) But I would say it's also not very bad. It's pretty much just average (laughs) just okay it's a 2.5 for me anyway so this uh is a whereas the telltale games are a direct tie-in and kind of considered canon to the comic uh series the walking dead survival instinct is very much uh, tied into the tv series and in particular you play uh crossbow greasy crossbow man daryl who is i think one of the kind of breakout characters from that show he's not in the comics at all but i think he's one of the most popular characters from the show which is fair you know and and to have him as the lead is actually quite a kind of a solid choice i think it shows his story uh, leading up to the events of the series and his relationship in particular with his brother merle who is played by the amazing character actor michael rooker it shows their uh, tempestuous relationship leading up to the events of the series. I, I won't spoil too much uh, 
story-wise. But if you're interested in those characters, then feel free to check out this game. It won't really give you much (laughs) of that, but it it has them in there. And basically what you do is you play as Daryl, and it's kind of a weird quasi-open-world road trip game where you're moving from location to location on a kind of a road trip. And at each location, you have a set of objectives to achieve. And some of those locations are like a a city or, or, or a town where you are literally roaming the streets and you can enter buildings uh, searching for supplies, weapons, ammunition, and, and ultimately the thing you're trying to find, that might be like gas or keys or something like that, or, or people. Or they could be interior locations, including, if I remember rightly, a hospital. Uh, so the dark corridors of a hospital, abandoned hospital, uh, and a couple of other buildings as well, uh, leading up to a, at the end kind of set piece that all happens in this kind of military base. And on the way... Uh, you are obviously faced with the zombie hordes. And it's kind of, it's a first-person shooter that I would say actually leans more heavily on a kind of a stealth. They, 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 you know, as you might expect, it's kind of almost like a survival horrors type of thing where uh, ammo is very, very limited. You're not hugely skilled and there are a lot of enemies. So if you draw too much attention to yourself, you're going to find the horde on top of you very, very quickly. So the emphasis is on stealth and taking out zombies that are uh, in your way as quietly and as effectively as possible. So if you've got a gun, use it as a last resort because the noise is going to draw zombies to you. So you've got Daryl's crossbow, which is a good silent killer, reusable ammo, which is great, Uh, or you can use melee weapons as well. Occasionally, especially later in the game, you also come across non-zombie enemies who do have guns so you do have to defend yourself in that way but the kind of other aspect of it as well is that in each area you find uh, survivors and you can get the survivors to join you in your road trip Uh, you can only take a certain amount at a certain time you know because they only a few will fit in your your vehicle so sometimes you have to make a decision about who you bring or leave behind and when you arrive at each location, you can then tell the survivors to do stuff while you're exploring that level. Uh, you can tell them to stay put. You can tell them to go out and search for uh, medical supplies or ammunition. And then at the end of the level, when you get back to your vehicle, you can see whether or not they have been successful. Uh, they may have come back and, oh, I found some ammunition or I found some medical supplies. Or it could just be turned out that they're dead. Right? They went out and they didn't make it. And there are lots of kind of achievements around that aspect of the game as well, where you have to get through the game having found a certain amount of survivors or had none of them die. Or (laughs) there's some weird ones where you end up uh, at the end of the game having only male survivors or only female survivors and stuff like that. So there's some strategy involved in, in the planning of the playthroughs that you're doing. I mean, that all sounds quite... I guess, does that sound interesting? Does that sound like a cool game to you guys? Because... It's maybe a bit more involved than you may have been thinking. Um, I'm not a big fan of the show, so I don't know. Forget that. If it it wasn't The Walking Dead and it was just zombie, survival, horror, first-person shooter, stealth, strategy, mashup, (laughs) would you be interested? (laughs) Probably. 
Though, like, I also, it depends on how much survival it is. I'm not much into survival either. It's it's not like menu, death by menu survival. Survival in terms of being more like survival horror in terms of just gotcha. having very limited, limited supplies, limited ammo, um, mostly a stealth and a void is, is the key to, to getting through the levels. Like, you can, like, run around the horse in the way that you kind of see in the show, I guess, or in other zombie things is... Uh, you've got a load of zombies in front of you. Don't run right into the middle of them with an AK-47 because they'll just hmm. descend on you. Uh, ideally, sneak around them, you know, use things to distract them, uh, avoid them as much as possible. And if someone is in your way, then take it out quietly and quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the part that sounded most intriguing to me was the exploring the relationship between Daryl and Merle, but you said off the top that that's not really explored that much so uh not really yeah not not in any meaningful way no the story is simply there to tie it to the tv series Mm -hmm. and have those names and faces that you recognize but it doesn't expand on anything that the the writing the acting is is not very good <laughs> uh, so I wouldn't go there expecting anything major from that it, you know, it's interesting that they're there and it's interesting to tie it in but you'll you'll not get really anything from it there's no revelations or you know anything well by their nature they can't ever do anything that'd be useful because the show could just go and be like no nah, we're not gonna do anything with that that didn't happen you know so they have to be vague a lot of the times mm-hmm. when you have these kind of tie-ins it's like the reason yeah, why I don't to... like the Telltale Game of Thrones because it's just like they're not going to tell you anything. <laughs> like it's not going to be any useful. You know, the show has to go on the way the show does. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, they can't really directly contradict something unless they say, "Oh, actually, no, this is a completely separate universe <laughs> with the same characters in." Uh, so they have to operate in the background in a way that is kind of very. Yeah, it doesn't directly impact the the main narrative of the show, especially if they end up doing things like flashbacks that contradict it. I mean, they could just retcon the game, right? That that can happen. Um, it's kind of like the Lost game as well. That's another example of that, where it's like, oh, here are some other things happening on the island with some other characters, but don't worry, it's not going to mess with anything. It doesn't mean anything or it do anything. Yeah. It's just pointless. <laughs> like, it's yeah, the Lost there. is a. The Lost Game's a really good example of that. Given what you've said, and it, it does sound like they're trying to put various pieces together. And I think we're going to hear that a lot, too, because, again, none of these games are inherently bad. But what what was it missing to make it not feel so average? What could it have done a little better? Well, that's kind of what I'm getting at, is that they they actually throw a surprising a lot into this game. If I, if I hear kind of movie tie-in game, I kind of expect kind of very lazy very thrown together very simple very basic and then really kind of not much to it just riding on the coattails of the license and actually in this game it's there's a little bit more to it or, or this seems to be the attempt to do a bit more with it the whole kind of survival the stealth mechanics the bringing survivors along and then and then kind of this the, the survivor management aspect of it is it, it it's interesting that they added in there. They didn't really have to. They could have literally just made a very, very basic, very boring first-person zombie game with a few levels thrown together, and then that's it, jobs are good. And They didn't need to do any more than that, but they seem to have kind of wanted to do a little bit more. 
unfortunately, it's all done rather poorly. Not not badly, just there's nothing that makes you go, oh, that's really interesting, that's really good. The survival mechanic, the survivor mechanic is entirely throwaway. It's in there, but you could probably go through the... Well, I did go through the whole game pretty much, you know, not caring about that. Um, if you are careful and you plan your your playthrough carefully and, and what you do in the levels, you don't need to rely on the survivors going off and getting you those supplies because you'll probably find just enough to do what you need to in the levels themselves. So, you know, whether they live or die is is secondary. It's playing into that kind of aspect of the show where whenever you have new characters introduced and they seem quite background characters, you pretty much know that they're going to die in the next couple of episodes, mm-hmm. right? They're just there. To, to, to be eaten um, and to make the game feel less I guess um, empty and lonely just one person kind of walking around with, with loads of zombies the, and, and the kind of the shooting and the stealth and the, the action itself is is nothing special Dead Island um, you know for all its flaws and we, we, we talked about it last time mm-hmm. so we know it is flawed <laughs> yes. uh, it it, it, it uh, has it has a variety of different zombie types, uh, so you have to kind of mix up your playstyle to accommodate that. It the action is a little bit more you know intense and involved, and the whole like weapons and things like that. This doesn't have any of that. Once you've figured out how to take out a zombie, you know by shooting it in the head or you know disabling it using a melee weapon. You just do that ad nauseum. There's, there's no more to it than that. So it's all kind of quite basic. It's also, as a lot of these games are, and especially of the era, it's quite ugly. It's quite grimy. Um, brown. It's very, <laughs> very brown. Everything is greys and browns, which kind of, I guess, plays into the whole apocalyptic world thing. But it's just so played out. There's, there's, no, there's no style to it. There's no visual flair. It's just... It's just kind of bleh, there, dirge. <laughs> and so all of that kind of makes it go from something that is kind of possibly quite good and interesting to just kind of just be like, eh. But then because it has those things in it, I'm not kind of willing to rate it lower because I did actually quite enjoy it and it was enjoyable enough and fun enough. And the achievement list is actually quite interesting and varied, especially like I say, you have to kind of think about who you're bringing along, how you bring them along and um the journey the 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 the, um the road trip element of it has you picking which route you want to take which means that the destinations you uh reach along the way will be different so you have to have at least two playthroughs in order to see the entire game because there are entirely different locations uh that you can you can go past on the route which kind of is interesting again you know you might feel that's negative because it forces you to play the game more than once and if you hate it then that's not going to be good but actually i think that's quite kind of interesting again to kind of do something like that yeah i mean it's it's always interesting when like things try and like go way farther than they ever had to you know where i'm trying to think because there's some games like like 50 cent blood on the sand is one (laughs) that's like better than it has any right to be and it's not great but it's just surprising because it shouldn't be this good, like as good as it is. It's not like a masterpiece, you know? Well, your expectations going into stuff is, is going to color it, right? And when you see a 50 cent branded game, 
you're not thinking greatness. Now, Walking Dead is a little strange as a, a franchise because even going into this game, knowing it's a Walking Dead property, it's clearly not one of the Telltale games. And like you've already alluded to, it's got that sort of kind of hallmark of that era, early 2010s first person shooter look. And so if you walk in, you see that that might lower your expectations, because it kind of it has a very specific sort of like aura to it, that may make it harder to exceed past a certain level, even though it does introduce some pretty interesting sounding concepts. Yeah, that's exactly it. And that's where it kind of falls directly in the Eh. category, Eh. you know, it's Cool, interesting, great. You, you did a thing. It was okay. You could have maybe done better. And actually, actually, you know, you could have you could have maybe taken out some of those half thought through things that maybe make it a bit muddled, and put those resources into making the core gameplay and the core, the, you know, the, the the graphics or the the visual style or the the, the story better. And then it may have actually been rated more highly because you know you had a better, more streamlined, and ultimately improved game so it's kind of that it's kind of that weird mix of saying well what would you rather have would you rather have something that tries maybe too many things and just them all just okay or um streamlines it a bit and does something maybe a bit better but then it would have then would it would have maybe performed worse because it would have just been like every other generic shooter just doing the same thing yeah so that's i mean that's that's my first game walking dead survival insect uh, insect (laughs) instinct (laughs) my second choice is something a lot more recent and uh, quite different and that is bleeding edge the overwatch that we have at home Mm. (laughs) (laughs) i mean i can't speak to that side of it too much because i have never played overwatch nor do I have any particular desire to, or any other hero... Sh- is there a hero shooter? That's the genre, isn't it? What's the other yeah. one? Apex Legends? Is that the other kind of major one that we have? Is that the um, same thing? Or is that different? I've not, That's I've not played as enough... Uh, yeah, What's the I haven't difference? played any Apex <laughs> Legends, so I can't, mm. uh, I can't say. I would not know. Um, mm. I, I have played... A, considerable amount of overwatch oh okay i mean for me this maybe comes down a little bit more to your issue with hack and slash in that it's not your genre so it's always going to have to fight for a higher rating um i'm not a massive multiplayer gamer but i do like playing with my you know my friends and the people that i've met in the TA and AH101 community, uh, but I wouldn't naturally seek out a multiplayer-only game ever, uh, especially like a, a versus one like this. Um, and I had no real interest in playing it other than the fact that uh, two things. One, it was made by Ninja Theory, who are known for pretty well-made quality and mostly single player games uh so they did enslaved uh, which i loved they did hellblade which i really enjoyed and not for everybody um and they did the devil may cry the you know the the dmc the dmc the kind of reboot one which again i think is a mixed received but you know is, is for some people a great game and very well made so i was interested to see what they did with a multiplayer game but also kind of disappointed that they, they made it at all when they because they it, 
what happened was, if I remember correctly, they made Hellblade massively successful. You know, everyone was interested to what what they were going to do next. Uh, And then they got bought by Microsoft. So they became a Microsoft studio during that massive acquisition phase that Microsoft went through. Mm -hmm. And then very quickly, they announced that their next game was going to be a hero shooter. (laughs) And everyone went, huh? (laughs) Yay? (laughs) And it feels like, well, this was probably in development before the acquisition because it can't have happened that quickly. Had to have been. But it feels like a weird thing because Microsoft was always known, if I remember rightly, especially from the 360 era, as being the one that crowbarred multiplayer into their games and made their games very multiplayer focused. Whereas PlayStation was always the one that said, no, no, single player games you know can stand up by themselves we can make some really good amazing single player experiences uh so you had your you know your uncharted's on your playstation last of us you know all of that uh and on uh xbox we had our gears of wars and our halos and our forces and you know all these games that had a multiplayer or a very strong multiplayer element and it almost felt like microsoft hadn't learned its lesson and they bought a a single player focused studio that made great single player games and went you're great now make a multiplayer game i don't think that's what happened but that's kind of how i saw it and then after they made this and it was a resounding eh, which i think it was pretty much for the, for most people their next game they announced was hellblade 2 so it's like oh great you're making a sequel instead of what you could have done is is a brand new you know ip great single player experience like you're good at anyway that's that's a rant uh, but i was still interested because it was ninja theory and i knew they could make a good game and also because in terms of hero shooters and multiplayer games and being on game pass you know free games it also was a quote unquote easy completion compared to most others. So I usually get put off by a lot of multiplayer games because they require you to sink in hundreds and hundreds of hours and also be very good at the game. Uh, This seemed to require neither. So I was a lot more kind of, okay, well, I'll give it a shot. Also, it's a a team-based game, right? So hero shooters are not one one versus one. Uh, It's kind of like Team Fortress 2, right? Where... Um, I guess that's another. Is that technically another hero shooter? Is that the same genre? I'd I'd say that's like the yeah the progenitor. You know, that's like the first one. Yeah, you have a team, and then within that team, you have a set of characters, and each of those characters has a different set of classes and abilities, which are unique and distinct. Um, and you have group, kind of you can group them into different classes but they have then individual abilities as well so you have like the the tank ones and the healers and the ones that are very fast and agile but probably quite weak mechanics or whatever you might call them uh, equivalent um and uh, bleeding edge is the same thing um but um whereas quite a lot of these games i think feel very fully featured and have a lot to them bleeding edge is it almost feels like a prototype for a for a game because it is very sparse in terms of uh, it has like I'd say maybe 10 or so characters maybe up to a dozen so that side of it's okay it has two game modes two <laughs> yeah it has one where you have to and, and they are basically the same 
there, there is very little difference between them. You have one where you have to basically capture a location, right? You stand on a location uh, in order to capture it. And those locations will change over the course of the match. So you have to go and get them and find the zone and stand on it and protect it for a certain amount of time, which is, you know, pretty standard, boring stuff for, for a multiplayer game, I think. And then you have another, which is that uh, there are things scattered around the map that you have to go and collect and then bring them to those locations and stand on the location to drop them off. <laughs> so they're basically the same mode, right? This is <laughs> one is go and stand on the thing and the other is go and get the thing and then go and stand <laughs> on the thing. And that's it. That's the entirety of this, you know, AAA multiplayer hero shooter game. And you just, you can't pick the mode. You just cycle through those two modes. So uh, you join a lobby, you get plonked into a team and it says you're now doing this mode, and then the next game you, you might be doing the other mode, and you just cycle through them. And there's like a ha- there's maybe like four or five maps, so it's like four or five maps, two modes. It gets very old very quickly because there's literally nothing to it. But then I guess that kind of lines up with the the achievement list, which doesn't ask you to do a huge amount of stuff. So it does kind of feel like a small game by a AAA studio that they just shoved out because they felt they needed to, or I don't know what they were thinking. Um, but it's just... I, I The problem I have with these kind of games is... And I don't know what Overwatch is like. I have no idea. So, you know, I'm a bit ignorant when it comes to this. But in a team-based game, you're expected to work together to complete an objective... And to complete that objective, you have to use your skills in a certain way and kind of collaboratively to make the best of it. And a team that is working like that is going to succeed. And a team made up of individuals just running around, doing their own thing, shooting at each other, not completing the objectives, because that's what you're supposed to be doing, will fail. And it is completely random when you're joining this game whether or not you end up with a team that is working like quote unquote properly to play the game or a team that is just a bunch of individuals, you know, playing silly buggers <laughs> and, and not actually, you know, being more interested in shooting the baddies, but never completing the objectives. So it can be an incredibly yep. frustrating experience because you end up frustrated at your other teammates almost more than you do the, the team, the opposing team for winning <laughs> because you're like, we could win this if we just work together, but you have no communication and kind of no way of properly like figuring that out. It's like herding cats. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And then it reminds me almost of the kind of Assassin's Creed multiplayer that that I actually quite liked the idea of. But again, the idea of it is to, to play it properly and follow the rules and do it stealthily. But you just end up having people just running around being an ass <laughs> and like you know <laughs> stabbing people randomly and it's like you're not right. you're not playing it properly <laughs> which which feels like an, a kind of a an old man thing to say <laughs> but i think it, i think it takes away from the game so then you think well okay it's a team-based game so if it's a team-based game then the best situation is that you can get a group of your friends together to create a team and play as a team but the matchmaking and the group element of it it's so so terribly broken that it's really hard to do that consistently. So I would go on with my friends, my Euro friends, uh, Lego Head, Fluttery Chicken, uh, Saban, and a few others, um, you know, rotating in and out. 
depending on who needed what. And we would try and match up and we would just fail so regularly. It was just so frustrating. We just end up in lobbies with random people while we were trying to match up. And the whole point is to be together as a team and like complete our objectives. In a weird way, though, it kind of works in your favour because most of the achievements are around completing the objectives or doing a specific thing. They're, they're cumulative. So complete the objective a whole load of times, you know, heal someone a whole load of times, you know, shoot the enemy a whole load of times. So you end up then doing that thing that you need to do yourself while everyone else is running around like a moron. So if you just go and quietly complete your objective as far away from the map as possible as everybody else who's just shooting each other, then you can rack up your objective points quite easily. And equally well, if you want to be a healer, you can just follow your idiot friends around, or not idiot friends, your idiots, <laughs> compadres, <laughs> team members, with your healing gun out while they run into battle mindlessly, shooting at each other, not completing the objectives, and just sit there healing them. So you can actually then quite quickly and efficiently complete the game, but you're not doing it the way that the game is intended to be played, if that makes sense, as a team. It does. So all that to say is there's a hero shooter. It looks cool. It's very, you know, snazzy. It's pretty well made, I think, put together because Ninja Theory are a quality developer. They know how to put together a game. It just feels like a kind of half thought through experiment of a let's try a hero shooter but no, let's not put too much effort into it and then put it out there and then kind of a an achievement list that's kind of just like well go and do a bunch of stuff a bunch of times but then they didn't really think how they wanted to kind of nurture the game and encourage how people work together and c collaborated and, and, and completed their objectives in the game I think they were just kind of like there you go then Okay, we're going to move on to Hellblade 2 now. Bye. I actually want to pick up on the thread of what you're saying about it being kind of an experiment. And I wonder about that a lot with the timing of Bleeding Edge. Because when it was revealed, I think at E3 2020 or 2019, whenever it was, it must have been 19. Like, I felt like the game, and I think a lot of us felt like the game was presented as a much bigger deal than it was. Like, it was something we should already have buy-in on, and we didn't. And then when... Bleeding Edge was in preview. I think it was one of the first games that was available in xCloud. And I wonder if it just in some ways was a victim of timing. And I agree with everything you're saying, Chewie, about this isn't typically what Ninja Theory develops. So it's a little bit of an odd marriage anyway. But Bleeding Edge, I want to say, came out like right at the beginning of the pandemic. And it was one of those things yep. where if it hit, it was going to hit huge. Because there were plenty of things like Among Us, right, that just hit that right niche and it flew and among us has changed and kind of grown right they've released other ships and other different gameplay types bleeding edge just flatlined and i think it's not so uncommon with these hero shooter type games that if they come out and they do well the game that you wind up playing two years later isn't the game they released because mm -hmm. they've added so much other content and i don't think bleeding edge ever got that chance because it never picked up that kind of player base but there's a lot of the game that just seems like it was sort of kind of an experiment let's see how this goes and and when it was clear pretty early on that this just was not going to be one of those hey everyone's at home we've got a hit on our hands they stuck with it for a little bit of time but but let it go pretty quick yeah the, i i know they released another like one hero mm -hmm. but i after launch like a few months later because it took me a while to play this because i didn't like it um 
for the reasons Chewie mentioned. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it didn't seem like it had that mass support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And personally, like I said, I just think it's because Overwatch is just the same game but better and mm. released four years before it. Like, yeah. there's no reason to play it. Yeah, like Battleborn had, right? The Gearbox version of this. It was, it yeah. was kind of the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Solid game, but uh, we already have that in Overwatch. And it's already been through all the motions and had the updates and been able to move from maybe a 2.5 at launch to a 4 or 4.5 if you're into those sorts of games. Or like a Paladins or whatever. It's just like to get to a point where you can be like a world beater and you can beat something like that you'd have to have way more time in the oven and you can't just do it with a kind of pale imitation like it you know mm-hmm. had this had bleeding edge released in like 2015 it probably would have done pretty well but it for ironically for being a game called bleeding edge seems to be on the tail <laughs> end of that yeah of everything. Uh, that's that's a good point yeah it's a very good point it's, it's funny you say because because as well like um like i said it is an easy and short completion relatively but it still took me a year almost to the day to to start it and then complete it and that's because and all, all of my friends that i was doing it with basically did it in that first like couple of weeks that we started playing it so i started back in february 2021 uh which was relatively late you know the game had been out for a year already and I got most of the achievements around the 6th to the 8th of February 2021. All of my friends all completed it quite quickly. And I just was like, eh. And then it became a running joke whenever we were deciding what to play subsequent to that. So, you know, things like Project Winter hit us, Among Us, you know, we were doing all of that. And then when we were like, what should we do? They would be like, oh, Chewie should finish Bleeding Edge. <laughs> and it became like a running joke that I was like, yeah, but I don't want to do it if no one else is doing it with me. Like on my own, I don't enjoy mm-hmm. it because it's more frustrating than anything. And I kind of, I, I wanted them to join my team so that they could go and distract the other team being idiots, you know, shooting at them and, and distracting them so I could go and could do the objectives in the healing without having to worry about getting into a, a you know, an annoying cycle of not getting many objectives because oh oh I guess my team is actually trying this time so I have to join in like join in <laughs> um but so I came back to it basically a year basic almost exactly a year later so the 6th to the 9th of February I was just like you know what I'm sick of of being ribbed constantly by my by friends that I haven't finished this easy hero shooter so I did it I did complete it in the end but um, I, I still came away feeling exactly the same way. Like they, and actually, one of the reviews, one of the top reviews, says, says exactly the same thing. It's a team-based shooter that doesn't encourage teamwork properly. Um, yeah, it's its mm. big thing is melee. Yes, that's what I remember. Like melee combat, melee combat, and and it has this kind of stun lock system. So if you get hit, you can't do anything. You're just, you're stuck. You can't escape very easily. If they get on top of you, you're dead. So you have to be together. If you're alone, it's a death sentence. So yeah, like I say, if you're against a team that is working very well together, you have no hope because more often than not, you'll be with a team of people working entirely alone. Oh, no, you're always up against like whatever. It always felt like when I played it, I was always up against teams that like coordinated, Mm -hmm. like... Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, these guys know what they're doing. And then it's just like, yeah, here's the toddlers that they, we let play on <laughs> Xbox. You can barely hold. It's your it's your grandmother, a toddler, <laughs> and someone who can barely figure out the controller. And this is your team. Yeah. Good luck. 
in exactly that exactly that and which which is why for me it always it kind of ended up in the middle i think it maybe had potential to be better it looked good it was well made but they didn't support it properly and it just felt like meh uh but i couldn't really rate it down much lower because it wasn't terrible it was just okay anyway those are my two games uh devon i want to hear what your 2.5s are okay so in order to tell you the story of why I picked one of these games, I need to tell you the story of another game. Um, so the the game that I would like to tell you about is Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. It was a beat-em-up. It was uh, very Spider-Man focused, go figure. But it had four different Spider-Men. Mm-hmm. And each of the different Spider-Men were a different section. So you had the Spider-Man Noir, who was more of a stealth gameplay and you had different gimmicks for the different other Spider-Man. So you had 2099, the ultimate Spider-Man, who they gave a black the black suit so he could have like rage abilities. Um, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Each of them had their own unique worlds where they did remixes of the different villains in the style of the, the universe. Um, it's great. I have nothing but great things to say about Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. I love that game so much. So great. It, it's so good. It is amazing. And the folks that, uh, the powers that be, uh, that, that made that were like, okay, well, we need another one. Uh, and it was Beanox who made that. But they made like every Spider Man game that looks like, because they, like, they've made a bunch of them. They continued to make them up until the last solo Spider Man game on the Xbox, which is Amazing Spider Man 2. Uh, but they uh, made a. Sp- I guess you call it a sequel, but it's called Spider-Man Edge of Time. And in this one, Spider-Man uh, time travels or has like a a story where he mixes with this 2099 Spider-Man, Miguel O'Hara, uh, which is a cool idea, but ultimately just feels like a bit of a step back from Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. Because it's a it's a standard beat 'em up in the in the Spider Man style at the time, where you know you have Spider Man, you beat up enemies, you take that and level up your Spider Man abilities, um, challenge rooms and stuff. And it culminates with different bosses uh, at the end of it, and then you fight those bosses, and then you know, boom, story's done. You have a nice little tour of the Spider Man thing. Uh, this one is just a step back. It doesn't do anything else. It's a pared-down version of Spider-Man's Shattered Dimensions. And it just felt very hollow and a bit of a disappointment because like, it was like a year later and Shattered Dimensions was really good. And then they went and they were like, oh, but here's here's the sequel. And uh, hey, you get to fight everyone's favorite, Black Cat. And, uh, you know, the Shocker. I think the Shocker... Anti-Venom. Remember Anti-Venom? Like, and it's like, no, I, I don't. Why did you... You know, I you generally want to fight like the big-name villains, and this one never has any of the big-name villains. It has less Spider-Man. It has less originality. And it just feels so... Slapdash. But the core's there. The core fighting and everything is still very much the same as the... Uh, the shattered dimensions so all of that the fun gameplay and everything but ultimately i just like uh, you just rushed it out 
and he just made something that is just fine. They're a little worse than fine. I'm completely with you on this, I think. I, I don't know entirely, but I did Shattered Dimensions back in 2013, and I blasted it out, you know, in a, in a few weeks, 2013. Um, great, loved it, fantastic, wonderful. And then in 2014, I bean Edge of Time mm-hmm. and never went back to it. <laughs> So it's it's okay. I must have felt similarly like even just with the first bit of Edge of Time, like, oh, okay, not quite as good. Uh, and I never felt that urge to go back. Whereas with Shattered Dimensions, I, you know, I knocked that sucker out. Um, so I, I will end up maybe going back to it. It's not backwards compatible. I have a question, though, about these games because I, I haven't played either of them. Is it the kind of situation where, if I'm understanding correctly... They kind of share a lot of DNA in terms of like gameplay and stuff. So does it feel like Edge of Time, like if it was a DLC, for example, if it was more like an expansion on Shattered Dimensions, that it wouldn't be quite so eh? Or, you know, is is that a case where it would have been too much content? Because it sounds like the gameplay was was solid, but it's more like, I, I don't know, the storytelling or just like I heard what you said about the enemies being more bland. But would that have been mitigated some if this was just like extra content to the initial game, which you both seem to have loved? I, I think you could have. Um, I think it'd be a little bit too long. But yeah, in, in that regard, it kind of reminds me of uh, Arkham Origins, which feels like a massive uh, like expansion pack to Arkham City. And that's what makes it suffer in my eyes. I think it does come back to that originality thing as well. Shattered Dimensions is just cool because it has those four different styles and they and they really like take a lot of effort to yeah like you say remix the different kind of gameplay styles and villains to suit each of those styles and no other spider-man game had done that before or since and it's just really cool and then edge of time is just like oh we're going back to just vanilla spider-man so Mm -hmm. i guess we're not, we're not doing that anymore, huh? We're not doing original anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got two Spider-Men. You do get to switch between the two Spider-Men on the levels. <laughs> but honestly, 2099 was kind of the worst of the Spider-Men and Shattered Dimensions. So, eh. Mm. <laughs> it's just not, not for me. Not Like, it's fine if that's what you're into. I do love the 2099 universe. I love the idea. Uh, for those that don't know, in the 90s, uh, the mid-90s, I believe, Marvel was just like, you know, we should do, we should imagine all of our superheroes in the future 2099. So it's a very cyberpunk future. Uh, and that's the whole gimmick to it. And the Spider-Man 2099 is a very mm-hmm. cyberpunky kind of character. Mm-hmm. So it's it's different in that regard. It's very neon and everything, but it's just... It's just missing something. It's missing that oomph. Mm. And I think it's missing that oomph because it's made a year apart from Shattered Dimensions. Yes. And they just had to, like, make it and get Mm. it out there. So use a lot Mm. of the same stuff. Interestingly enough, uh, then they'd made Amazing Spider-Man, so a tie-in to the movie, which came out less than a year after that. So 
Spider-Man Age of Time was October 2011. Amazing Spider-Man was June 2012. So they were knocking those out as well. I've never played either uh, Amazing Spider-Man 1 or 2, but I don't know. No. I have Similarly, meh. Yeah, Beanox was the... Those were the folks, and they're still around. They still make stuff, but... Uh, yeah, that has that has to be that sort of fatigue. I remember the Amazing Spider-Man two uh, being just sort of ho hum at launch, and now being very expensive on both mm. systems. Yeah, hard to get hold of. It, it, it's not exactly a hot take, but it does also talking about these games makes me long for Spider-Man to to make a return to Xbox, and and you know, I don't think I'm quite as big a fan as you are, Devin. But you know, I love the character in the 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 um, Rogues Gallery. And just the gameplay style of the, you know, the, the web abilities and the swinging through the cities and, you know, the, the mixing, the melee and the web, you know, shooting web people. It's just fun and enjoyable. And it's, it's kind of hard to get it wrong. <laughs> if you get that core down, you're probably going to end up mm-hmm. with a fun game at the very least. You should do anyway. My hot take is that Spider-Man of all the mainstream superheroes is the one that is the easiest to make a video game about mm-hmm. because he's just powerful enough that you feel like you're Spider-Man without being so overpowered that you mm-hmm. that it breaks the illusion of being Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. You can do all of the Spider-Man things and it works out just fine. So that's my that's my hot take and I refuse to hear any other superheroes that he, that could be done better. But uh, yeah, so that's Spider-Man, Edge of Time, just sort of a letdown. It's not bad. It's just, in in fact, I would I would actually go so far as to say that if this game had come out first, I would be much more uh, happy with it. Um, mm. But it didn't. That's not the way it worked out. And then uh, the reason I had a chuckle was because I looked at uh, my other game, uh, which is the original. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. But that's a Stone Cold classic. Yeah, for some people, sure. Uh, it's it's pretty good. Really good production values. And uh, this, the campaign is really great. Uh, it's a good time. Uh, except on Veteran, where they chuck grenades like they're going out of style, and it's obnoxious. But that's not why I rated it like that. Mine has nothing to do with any of the achievements, even, at all. One of the games that I bought, the first two games that I had for my 360, was Halo 3 and cod 4 and i loved cod 4 i've played so much hour like hours upon hours of cod 4 um i loved it i loved the entire multiplayer everything the loop me and my friends we would just stay up late swap manly stories and play in cod 4 <laughs> I, I was i was hyped dude i did not have a lot of money at the time but i bought this on launch i had the steel book and i was ready to play some more multiplayer of modern warfare and i hate it I hate it. I hate the multiplayer of this so much. Mm. They tweaked it. They tweaked too many things, and they they broke the they broke the whole thing, and it made me so mad. Uh, and uh, okay, I I can't knock it too much because it's it's still good. The campaign's still great. All of the other stuff around it, I like playing Spec Ops for the most part. That's fine, but man, that multiplayer, which is going to be a big thing because I know there's people that absolutely adore the multiplayer to this one. Uh, yeah, has to do a lot with kill streaks. I think they added too many of the kill streaks. It broke the balance that I adored in the 
and even World at War had a better balance, and so it just felt like the rich just kept getting richer and getting bigger and better kill streaks that just kept them in the lead. Mm. Lather, rinse, repeat, and the weapon balances were all, was all off. And I don't know if that's really compelling uh, things for, uh, hey guys, for this 13-year-old, like, oh wow, yeah, it is 13, just turned 13. This 13-year-old game's multiplayer balancing. But that was it. Yeah, because when you put this on your your list, so of the now four games we're discussing, this is actually the first one I've played, so I have some personal note with it. And I I have very little experience with Call of Duty games. Very little. This was a case where I had actually just gotten a new job. And just like the previous time I'd gotten a new job, I wandered into a GameStop and went, I'm going to buy a game I wouldn't typically play. That's how I'm going to treat myself. And I had never played a Call of Duty game before. And I picked up Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, which is really weird because I'm usually one of those people that if it's number two, I have to play number one. But I was like, no, I think I'll figure it out. It'll be okay. I never played the multiplayer. So I can't speak to any of that. But it is one of those, like, I think for all of us playing games, there's really a very limited number of times there's been something that's happened that's been so, that gives you such a visceral reaction to it where you really remember that moment, right? Like my favorite example, that sort of thing for me, at least, is that first time you descend into Rapture and Bioshock. And there's really mm-hmm. this sense of like, oh, wow, what what's going on here? And the ending of Modern Warfare 2 is one of that, like, well, some of the stuff like leading up right before the ending was one of those things where like I was like jumping out of my chair <laughs> at, at what was happening in that moment. And so the game is always tracked really well for me because the campaign is phenomenal. And so I was really surprised to see this on your list, but I, I have zero experience with the multiplayer. So that all said, if I hadn't experienced the previous multiplayer, which you're saying was better balanced. So if you had come in fresh without that experience, do you think you'd still land at about a 2.5? Or was it really like it was all centered on that difference between the previous game and the one and Modern Warfare 2? It was all based on the difference between COD 4, my my immense disappointment of COD 4 and and Modern Warfare Mm. 2. Which yeah doesn't make a lot of sense. No, no, I think I think that's perfectly reasonable. You, you you should rate things based on your own experiences. I think that's true of when you know a new game comes out that's not it was a remaster or a remake of an original game. Uh, you'll get plenty of people who have never played the original who will think it's the best game ever made, and plenty of people who did play the original who thinks they completely crapped all over the original game and it's mm-hmm. uh, the worst game that they've ever played. Like and you know your experiences will completely inform those ratings i think and that's fair that's why it's subjective yeah absolutely oh yeah and yeah the the campaign for modern warfare that's a that's great that's a good time all all day uh it's a big action movie Mm -hmm. uh with big stupid action movie set pieces and the plot is an excuse to get to those series of set pieces that they have and they are awesome 100 percent that part is great uh even playing the spec ops which are little mini missions with your friends that part's awesome uh, but that multiplayer. Can I make a confession? Of course. Sure. Apart from Call of Duty 1 and 2, I think. So the very, very first ones, you know, the old World War uh, 2 ones. I have never played the campaign of any Call of Duty game. Or, well, ba- or barely any multiplayer, but but never done the stories. That includes Black Ops and whatever, you know, all of them, any of them. I'd actually say that for the most part, and I can't speak to, after a certain point, uh, my knowledge of the campaigns just sort of drops off because I mm-hmm. stopped playing them, but they're all very solid. 
Like, they're all a very good time, at least once, on the, like, normal difficulty. On, on the highest difficulties, the game becomes kind of stupid. But even the... Uh, I have played Cold War, and even that campaign, because they do the same trick. It's just a series of... The plot is a series of uh, contrivances to get to these awesome set pieces, and those set pieces are still really cool. I feel like I need to get over myself at this point because I'm never going to complete them. I'm never going to have a completion percentage that really makes any difference or matters. Uh, uh, so I should just play these campaigns. You know, I, th- I think there's something to be said for that. When I played Modern Warfare 2, I didn't really care about the fact that I would never beat it on veteran and I di- wasn't interested in playing it online. Like I just, I just played it. And I think the me of today gets so judgmental of like, like, I don't care if I get a completion, but I don't want to be c- totally locked out at either. And so I, I probably wouldn't have tried it. And that would have been a, a real shame because the campaign is, I-, I thought it was really, really good. And they do a good job. Devin's hundred percent, right? It's, it's set pieces. But like, I was also like, I was rooting for the characters I was supposed to root for, and I really disliked the characters I wasn't supposed to like. Like, the storytelling all made sense, even if there were contrivances. And missing out on that for achievement lists, especially when none of us are completionists or... And, you know, if that's not our gameplay style, if you get a chance among the other hundred things you're already working on, it's it's worth trying out at least one of these. 100%. Like, yeah, it's their cultural... I, I would say they're they're important games. They, they definitely shaped a lot of other games in the future. There, there's a period of time, and you can definitely see why. Because uh, I've even replayed the, the remaster, which was done by Beanox, the Spider-Man guys. <laughs> uh, and yeah, you, same thing. Even today, I was still just like, oh man, this is, this is pretty good. You know, levels still hold up, like no Russian and, and things like that. And I didn't have to play the multiplayer, so weirdly the uh, the remaster will end up probably if, if if I've rated it end up much higher rated than the original because <laughs> I don't have to play the multiplayer. So that was that was COD Modern Warfare Two for two thousand nine, not COD Modern Warfare Two from today, because God forbid we have any new names in anything ever. Hey Michelle, what are your games? <laughs> Mine are both fairly recent, so I'll start with my my less uh, tracked game of the two. So um, the first one I'm going to talk about is Mystic Bell. So Mystic Bell, I believe, was a maybe a Vayner of the Month. If it was, not, it yes. was on sale. Okay, I couldn't remember for sure if it if it was, and I think it was early this year, maybe mm-hmm. January, February. Yeah, the only reason I've played it. Oh, okay, so perfect. So you you get a sense of what I'm going to say. So it is. Again, my, my phrase that I keep coming back to, it's aggressively average. I And I think, to be fair to Mystic Bell, because it, it tracks on true achievements by average higher than my feeling, I went in and saw a game published by WayForward. And I love WayForward. Shantae and River City Girls, and, and, and they're, they're just, they're such a good developer. But they didn't develop this game. And I think I went in thinking about their fingerprints being on it and just had way different expectations mystic bell does exactly what it's supposed to do it's a very basic metroidvania title it only takes six to eight hours to complete and that's because if i recall correctly you're going to be doing a second playthrough there is a speed run achievement which is annoying nothing is out of hand 
everything that the platforming is fine the stuff you find is fine there's even this clever mechanic i think there's like a dumpster to throw away items that you don't need so there's some things in there that are, are clever but it just never turns a corner it never feels like more than just there and and that's why it landed at 2.5 it is fine and if you can get it on sale sure but it's just okay and that's that's really all I have to say about it. I I know Chewy, you had played it. I don't know mm. if your take was a little more positive than mine. Uh, I think I landed on a three, but I maybe was a bit more favorable. I, I I do. I mean, I agree. It is just okay. I can't remember much about it really. So maybe that's a f- maybe I have a flaw in my rating where. If it's a bit more unmemorable, maybe I should be rating it further down the scale. But yeah, it is. It is. I, I don't have a huge amount of experience with Metroidvanias in general, so I don't have a um, a point of comparison to like rank them against each other. You, you know how people do these like tier mm-hmm. tier tables where they have the yes. S tier and the A tier and the B tier. I would only be able to mm-hmm. put like three games on there, so I I can't really rank them. So this this seemed pretty okay but i'm sure if i played more in the genre and had more experience of them i might be able to say well actually no this is this is pretty meh comparatively but for me it was just like okay yeah that's all right it's a it's it's a game it's definitely a game and i i think you had touched on that way at the beginning of this right where like you almost see a little more a little more positive right we talked about this where like a a three Mm -hmm. kind of is it's still average but it's good average as opposed to Eh, average and then 2.0s which are leaning bad so I, I can see where it would fall in that range for sure but I, one thing you just said really touches on it it's just not memorable and mm. metroidvanias are a very packed genre especially now um you know clearly there's a whole age demographic of video game programmers who grew up with uh, super metroid and castlevania symphony of the night and that's that's what they develop now and there's so many really great ones and so many like average but tending good ones that this one just it doesn't hit that mark but there's nothing actively bad about it either like you don't go in and and feel like you're going to float off the platforms the level design makes sense you don't feel lost at any point there's a little story in there that's nothing to write home about there is the ability to get a better ending if you collect all of something so it hits all the tropes it just doesn't do anything in a way that makes it stand out i'll tell you what it has that i probably should have marked it down on uh which is it has a speedrun achievement yeah i'm so right you're you've actively spoken out against speedrun achievements yeah yeah so there's a certain train of thought or at least i have this train of thought about movies Mm -hmm. that the worst thing a movie can be is boring do you think that ever Mm -hmm. like do you ever think that that factors into it too? Like, I don't know. I guess I would just like tend to be more negative at a thing I don't remember or just actively bored me. I mean, these are at the end of the day supposed to entertain you. And the fact that you've made something that's perfectly fine, but aggressively unmemorable is. I rate things pretty close to the time that I do them. Because as I complete them, the stories or the campaigns, I'll go ahead and rate them pretty much instantly. So I probably originally came out of this thinking, that was okay. That was pretty good. But the, the lack of memorability comes later, <laughs> right? As, as, as everything <laughs> sure. blurs together and your memory fades. And if you were to say, here's a dozen games, what would you rate them at? 
now, even what was it like six months? No, uh, it was January, so it, you know, it's way back. Yeah, it's like what, almost ten a year months ago, ago now. now. Almost a year ago, if mm-hmm. you gave me a dozen games with this in there and said, "What would you rate them at?" I would look at it and go, uh, "Did I even play this game?" Exactly. Yeah. So, so I might, I might right. lean more towards like a two point five now, be- just because I don't remember it so well. But at the time, I did obviously because I had just played it. Uh, so there is an element of that to it as well. That when you look back, your ratings may 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 skew differently based on your memory and your or your lack of memory. As it, as it might be. Well, and I, I've definitely followed a similar line of thought that like when you're thinking about something in terms of like how you're reviewing it, you want to be left, you ideally don't want to be left bad, but at least if you were left feeling bad about something, left an impression. Ideally, you'd like to feel good about something, but the worst thing to feel about something is indifferent. And that's mostly how I felt about Mystic Bell. I was pretty indifferent to it when I was done. I wouldn't mm-hmm. go out of my way to recommend it to anybody. I wouldn't tell anyone, absolutely do not play it. And if there's someone that's looking to climb up the Metroidvania leaderboards, go for it. This isn't a game you should avoid, per se. It's just not going to do anything for you. And mm. and considering that our gaming times, as much as we play games, they're still limited. It just doesn't seem like the best use of that time. Because you're, you're not going to come away with the, from the experience feeling other than, well, okay, I did that. Yeah, that's fair. Definitely. All right. So... Outside of Mystic Bell, the more popular game that landed on 2.5 for me was Minecraft Dungeons. So I don't, I feel like Minecraft Dungeons is not a game that's unusual to feel sort of mediocre toward. Um, But I I feel like people are generally, the people I've spoken to are generally even more negative toward it. So it's, it's a, um, a dungeon crawler, right? And it feels a lot of times like Baby's First Diablo. So it's the same kind of gameplay mechanics. You're going in and out of these different areas. They're procedurally generated, but not really procedurally generated. Because I think it's a handful of potential outcomes instead of completely random outcomes. And that's it. There's the, the inventory isn't particularly interesting. I know they've updated Minecraft Dungeons a bunch. They've added different types of merchants. They've added new areas. They added the tower climbs and things of that nature. But every time I played this game with other folks, and I've played it with a bunch of, I know, Devin, we played it together a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, obviously, I've played it with L. I've played it with Death Dealers. Uh, yeah, Jables played it. Like, someone falls asleep. <laughs> so it's not that the game is bad. It's not. Structurally, it does what it's supposed to do. The areas look fine. It's that voxel-style graphics, which I can, you know, take it or leave it. It doesn't really do anything for me, but I don't dislike it either. But it looks the it looks pretty nice. The music is fine. The gameplay is fine. Everything is fine. It's just boring. Mm-hmm. It's aggressively boring. Mm-hmm. See, ag- aggressively average... That that is what yeah. I keep coming it's, back to. Do you think it could have been more? Like, is there the potential that it could have been any different than exactly what it ended up being? I think it's gotten better as they get they they are becoming closer to a passable game. The more they release new content, I don't know. You look at something like Diablo. There's character classes that make the dungeon crawling a little bit more fun. Same with Torchlight. There's stuff that makes it a little bit less tedious. 
there's nothing here that isn't paint by numbers and had it not had the minecraft license i hesitate to think that anyone would even care Mm -hmm. i feel like there's some something to be said about who was the game developed for Minecraft is a huge, you know, multi-multi-million copy selling franchise. It is played by people of all ages, but I believe that it skews younger. And if you're developing Minecraft related stuff, right, because there's also Minecraft Legends, I think it's called, that's coming out sometime in the near future, you're really developing it for that core base of gamers. And in this case, it's largely going to be like eight to 12 year olds many of whom have not experienced a Diablo. Now they're familiar with classes because they're playing things like Fortnite, but the way that classes work in a dungeon crawler, maybe not so much. And I wonder sometimes when we're talking about these things, if there's someone who's in that age bracket who's playing it today, where that's going to be a real formative game for them because it's going to be the first time they experience something like that. And then as they get a little older and play a Diablo or some other more um, more respected entry into that genre, if that's going to be like eye-opening or it's going to be, oh, there's too many menus and too many things going on. I can't speak to that, obviously, but there, there are definitely times when I'm playing it that I just feel like it wasn't developed for me necessarily. So the stuff I find boring is stuff that was intentionally simplified for the people it's actually aimed toward. I don't know, but it makes me think of... Uh... I know you're you're big on the series. Uh, it's not on Xbox, but Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, mm-hmm. and how just that doesn't move the needle for anybody. That they dumbed it down too much, and they've made an ultimately passable but boring Final Fantasy game. Because I would have been my age range that would have played Mystic Quest. I don't hear a lot of people go like, "Oh yeah, Mystic Quest slaps." <laughs> well, Mystic Quest has a great soundtrack. It at least has that going for it. Yeah, I think it is sort of a similar idea. I, I think the whole premise here is is you're working with your built-in audience. And as was said before, if you remove Minecraft from the title, you know, this is just voxel dungeons. I don't think anyone really even gives it a second look. I mean, there, there's one of two ways that can happen, right? Either no one's going to try playing it or, hey, this is pretty good for an independently developed game that's associated with nothing else. So we're going to kind of bump up the score a little bit because it's not developed by Microsoft. Um but it's it just again in in the times that I've played it, it's never really like we've never walked out of a session. And Devin, I know you played it quite a, like a bit on your own, and you've played it more since it's updated. But it never was like we finished the session. And went wow, that was a really great session of of this game. We can't wait to get back to it. Even with updates, it's always been like oh. Do we have to play this again? It, <laughs> it, it functions. It does what it's supposed to. But we all just spent 15 minutes holding the A button and reviving L. And so it's gotten mm-hmm. kind of bland and we're, we're over it. And, and that's been with every permutation mm. of group I've played it with that hasn't been unique just to one core group of people. Now, yeah, Chewie, you seem surprised by this being a, a pick. Do you, you have any strong feelings towards minecraft dungeons no i i have been dove it because it was on my my euro groups you know short list of games that we could play together right we're always looking Mm -hmm. for the next kind of you know community group play date type thing um we've done things like overcooked 2 and project winter and you know these things uh and minecraft dungeon was up there and i think i been dove it in that spirit and haven't 
we haven't okay. gone back to actually doing it but i i do keep hearing this refer this refrain i've 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 never heard anyone speak super highly of it. Uh, I think I was more interested to actually hear more in depth uh, as to the kind of the whys and the wherefores. But also, it, it's not. It's not. I'm not surprised because I have heard it before. But there is that element of thinking. Well, this should be better because it is Minecraft and it is Microsoft. So should it not be something that people are talking about more, or, or you might expect it to to be more of a three or a 3.5 at the at the very <laughs> least well i will throw out there that the community is like a, the ta in general is rated at a 3.88 for what that's mm. worth you know mm. i just think about you know like do you want to just make something like that because like i cut my teeth on games that were much more complicated I didn't need a baby's first Super Mario or whatever. I just played Super Mario. I played some of those hard ones and that, you know, I don't know if that's the need. Like, do you need to make that for kids? Or I think kids are a lot more adaptable even than people think. And we'll just take to some of this stuff. And do you probably listening in the audience? If, if you've been playing video games a long time, probably played something that, you look back and you're like, man, that was way too advanced for me as a kid. And it's probably not. Like, I used to play Mist. Mist isn't for eight-year-olds. <laughs> and I still tried to break my face and figure out Mist. <laughs> well, I think that th there's a bigger discussion there about availability of games, right? Like, you can pop on your Xbox and play thousands and thousands of games now. Especially if you have a subscription service like Game Pass. When we were growing up, options were far more limited. So you either dealt with banging your face against a wall because you couldn't figure out mystery and didn't play anything. And I think we were faced with that choice more frequently. Uh, and I think going back to Minecraft Dungeons, there's there's a path to being more interesting. And I, I think it's what you touched on before, Devin. It's, it's very restricted in terms of classes and things. Like, it's not even a thing. And, and other than um, the cloaks and such you'll wear, like the armor will have different powers. But I, I think doing stuff like that where the characters feel differentiated will go a long way toward making the game feel more interesting. Uh, you know, when you were talking earlier, Chewie, about Bleeding Edge, it's a team-based shooter, right? Or team-based, yeah, shooter. And some of the problem with it was just that, like, the team never really worked together. In Minecraft Dungeons, they're like, hey, you can play with four people and you're just unilaterally the same person mm. except for your armor is different yeah and so it just doesn't feel like exciting to play with other people you mm -hmm. you don't feel like look i'm gonna do this i'm gonna heal here or whatever mm. else and you can you can coordinate that you can say i'm gonna have this totem and this totem heals so it would be like playing D D, but everyone is a barbarian <laughs> right that's exactly what it's especially D D 5 where everybody can heal themselves so yes Everyone's a fighter. Yes, would actually be because a, a barbarian right. has too many class choices. Oh, too much. Too many <laughs> all fighters. Okay, yeah, just 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 <laughs> vanilla fighters. And it's like, what are you gonna What are you gonna do? Well, I'm gonna stab them. Well, I'm gonna. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna stab them. <laughs> okay, and what are you gonna do? I think I'm gonna stab them. <laughs> it's like, okay, great. There's no restrictions on anything. So there are some really great items you find, like this, like soul laser thing, where you know, as you're. Um, defeating enemies, you collect this sort of spirit energy thing, and if you have that mm. particular item, you get this like laser that just destroys things in front of you. But every single class can equip it. Mm. Or, there's no classes. Every single person can equip it. So you wind up with everybody who has the same loadout, because the same items are the best for everybody. Right. And it, it just 
feels bland. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely, yeah. That that makes complete sense to me now. How you're describing it there makes me think, just think, oh, that's kind of not what you want when you, yeah, if you're kind of wanting to replicate a, a kind of a role-playing D&D type experience, a team-based thing, you know, you want, you want everyone to have a different experience based on their, you know, their preferred play styles or classes or, you know, whatever. Absolutely. It, there's a kind of a theme that's emerging here, which for me is that all the games we've picked, the the kind of overriding theme for me is, is disappointment. Uh, it's not necessarily that it's just <laughs> the thing in itself. It's that we went in with certain expectations and when those weren't met, right? So like with The Walking Dead and, and maybe even Minecraft, you know, you go in expecting the, the franchise to kind of bolster it, but actually ultimately they're just riding on the franchise's coattails to deliver something that's kind of subpar, uh, bleeding edge and mystic bell we kind of think okay well we've got quality developer and publisher here well, let's see what they deliver oh actually no it's not up to their standards or uh you know with with devon spider-man and, and call of duty it's like okay well i really enjoyed the previous games oh but this doesn't meet those expectations so, so disappointment seems mm-hmm. to be like an overriding theme where we've we've kind of gone oh we, we we think this could or should be good but it's just not meeting those those, those expectations so that's where we kind yeah. of land on a 2.5 mm-hmm. that's fair i think things don't rise to meet average right like that's mm. I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head anyway where i went in with real low expectations and went well that was stunningly average like usually if it exceeds your ag- expectations eh, that was pretty good so just by virtue of that, it's, it's going to avoid that sort of stuff. So I, I think you're correct. Yeah. Usually average is what you get pulled down to. Yeah. Interesting. I think that's a great philosophical argument to end our games discussion on and move on to the community and see where they landed. When I, when I pulled up, so this is uh, patrons and staff members that I, I'm pulling the ratings for. And uh, as has always been the case, there's kind of some overarching themes. I mentioned that licensed games kind of turn up in this in this area in this in this field quite a lot a lot of people mark their artifacts mondays at this kind of level which i also kind of get especially if you play a lot of them because uh, they are very much the same game ad nauseum so i feel that. like okay it's just like uh maybe the first few you play you might be like oh this was quite good but after the 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 30th uh, of the same thing, you might start kind of rating them a bit lower. Interestingly enough, there were some games that maybe caught me by surprise. There was uh, uh, So Undertale feels like a game that people love or feel indifferent towards. <laughs> uh, it's something that I've heard a lot of people say is, is one of the best games ever made, but it turned up a lot of times in the 2.5. And I think that maybe comes back to disappointment maybe again, because people do hype it. So if it doesn't meet that expectation, it might be a 2.5 for people. I haven't played it, so I wouldn't know. I think it's great. Yeah. So, but I, yeah, I haven't played it either, but my, my thinking is exactly what you said. It's one of those mm. games that I think very few people at this point are going in neutrally. They, mm-hmm. and I think people who find it average, again, they don't go out of their way to say, Hey, that it was average. The people mm. you hear about the game from are people who are like, it was awesome and you have to play it. And that sometimes will have a negative impact on people's takes. Yeah. So Kush was one of the people that, that rated it as a, as a 2.5. And For our community, the achievement list does it a pretty big disservice and you're missing out on a lot of the cool mm. things that make it fun if you just do achievements and out. Right. Uh, one game that turned up in quite a lot of people's 2.5 kind of disproportionately so i would say was was brothers a tale of two sons 
which for me is a strong, game strong disappointment. I, I love that. I game. love that game so much, <laughs> but I have heard people say how much they were. Again, I think I think disappointed by it. I think most people went into that game having heard other people say how much they loved it, and maybe again, if it didn't meet that high expectation, that's where they're falling down on it. Maybe I don't know. I'd like to hear people people talk about that a bit more. I think about there why they, why they put that down. two elements here. I think one, there are some people who balk at the control scheme. That might be an issue, mm. right? The whole idea with everything being mm. on one controller. And I, I can see people taking issue with that. But just like Devin said with Undertale, it is a bad game for an achievement list. Because they're, especially given our community, and this is where mm-hmm. this is getting pulled from, you will get none of the achievements. Or you can get none of the achievements naturally, right? You can do a playthrough and receive nothing. And so people play the game following a guide because they don't want to have to play it twice, which means they're not actually taking in the experience of the game and what the characters are going through. And I, I, I'm not going to say this of everybody, but I know with some people I've talked to who've had more negative reactions to this game, part of what they'll tell you is I couldn't even tell you what happened. I played, I stopped playing after the last achievement. Like they don't even see the ending of the yeah, game. Yeah, it doesn't get you to finish the game. So, so I agree with you so much that way, way back, maybe like 10 years ago now, <laughs> whenever it came out, I put this game in the TA top five worst achievement list article that was I wrote for mm-hmm. TA f- for the very reason mm-hmm. people people called me up on it and said it's a great list because it asks you to do it doesn't force you to play the game a certain way it's interesting because it's miscellaneous stuff aside from the story and I agree with all of that but my main thing was you don't even have to finish the game like they could have I, I would have put there. in a finish the game. Yeah. i'm also curious though for people that did rate it 2.5 because i wonder at least for brothers if you rated it below that do you have any siblings (laughs) because i wonder if that's why it resonated with me so much Mm, is because i have three younger brothers and i wonder if that parallel uh meant anything yeah that's that's interesting just a thought do you guys want to pull up on on anybody and their specific ratings I, I'm seeing a couple uh, TMNT 1989s, and as much as I like that game, I can totally agree with it. I can see it and agree with it, because I think a lot of those arcade games aren't meant to be played. Like, the, you know, they're supposed to be played for, like, 15 minutes while you're hopped full of sugar and pizza at a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> and, you know, playing them at, in the comfort of your own home. Like, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, we have a Jeep. Saban Rothschild put GTA 4. <laughs> that feels like a disappointment thing. I don't really know him uh, all that much. I but mean, yeah. It's better than, it's better than 2.5. This is a theme now that we've uh, had Saban appear every time on the low ratings and, and questioned his sanity. Uh, last time he had rated uh, Forza Horizon 3 as a, as a 2, and we said, what? Uh, and then uh, today we're finding out that he rated Forza Horizon 4 as a 2.5. So... They're getting better. Uh, <laughs> I think by the time we hit Forza Horizon 10, yeah. it'll be perfect. Yeah, I think I think his I think it's also where he where in his head he rates games and where he kind of thinks what good means to him. And again, it's this kind of how we where we skew our ratings based on our own experiences. So so maybe for him 2.5 is is really good. <laughs> but it's not. 
Anigo put it albedo as a 2.5, which is the most generous take on albedo I've ever seen. <laughs> which uh, I'd like to add to that, which is that Kush also put, uh, I can't, Zeros. So um, Zeros or Zeros. Mm-hmm. Z-H-E-R-O-S, yeah. which for me, I thought was generally accepted as one of the worst games ever released to Xbox. And Koosh gave it a 2.5, which again, it also seems very generous. I'd like to hear why he thought it was so average. <laughs> the only other one I'll, I'll point out is Freaky put Thomas was alone. And I love that game. I don't know. <laughs> that That's an int- like, it's interesting because there's so many more. Mm. Like, we're getting to the part where it's just like, Eventually, we'll get to the point where we'll just be like, we totally agree. Mm. Those games do slap. <laughs> I was curious with Freaky's uh, reviews as well, um, mostly for Beyond Good and Evil, and not because I don't believe someone would give Beyond Good and Evil a 2.5 necessarily, and also with Banjo-Kazooie. But Freaky is you know, not new to video games, and I'm just curious if these are playing them on the Xbox 360 ratings or if he had had experience with the games prior. Cause I feel like in playing beyond good and evil, like that's, it's a game that has a lot of uh, nostalgia attached to it and reviewed well at the time. and did some really interesting things. And I still think it's very good, but if my first experience with beyond good and evil was the Xbox live arcade version, I don't know that it would feel quite as positive. Not because it's a bad game. It's a good game, but it's a game that feels like it's of its era. So I was curious about that one. And mm. I'm also a little curious in another way about Waka giving Jet Car Stunts a 2.5. Uh, Jet Car Stunts is not good. And I feel like it's for Waka, it's probably easy mode. But for me, it was such a struggle to finish that game. Uh and I think I rated it better than I should have because I was just so excited to get all the achievements. But it's the game itself is is not great. So I find that it's okay. Maybe maybe I'm talking myself into it being average. But I'm curious that Waka gave that a two point five, or that it was rated at all, almost in some way, because it seems kind of out of left field. Mm. I feel like that typically trends a little lower. I thought uh, there was a few big AAA games that I would have maybe not expected to be sitting around this. Uh, you picked up on GTA 4 with Sabin, uh, but I also noticed Hawkeye Berry put L.A. Noir and Sleeping Dogs both at this kind of 2.5 uh, level, which to me, those are decent games. You know, They might not be for everybody, but I can't imagine that anyone would see them as just okay uh, you know from my perspective but you know i'd be interested to hear if 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 hawkeye can defend those ones um and i'm gonna pull him up again mostly because i know he listens to this and and comments on it um and i've brought him up every time and his uh incorrect rating of telltale games (laughs) (laughs) but uh my good friend uh lego head has rated all of the uh double fine remaster games uh, so Full Throttle, uh, Grim Fandango, and Day of the Tentacle as 2.5s. And he is uh, stupid and he is wrong. <laughs> I can <laughs> kind of agree with Full Throttle. Yeah, well, I do. I do. Grim Fandango to me is the best game that's ever been made and ever will be made. That, that's a personal bias, <laughs> obviously. If, if, but if, if somebody were to say it was a 3 or a 4 or 4.5, they could. I would give them a harsh reprimand. But a 2.5 is simply unacceptable, and he is now no longer my friend. <laughs> I mostly walked away from that just 
thinking he has no sense of humor. Possibly. Uh, he he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't like the, the Telltale games because of the illusion of choice and the gameplay or lack thereof. Uh, but I think, I mean, he's not a massive point and click gameplay gamer. So, you know, it's not for, it's not for everybody. I get that. Uh, I just still think he's wrong. It's, it's, it's a me, it's a me, him, it's a me, him thing. <laughs> 12 minutes is on here. Matt doesn't put 12 minutes. That one's, I can definitely see that. I can see that too. I, I like 12 minutes more than that, but I can see why someone would give it a 2.5. And that's for most of these on it. Now I haven't played Edith Finch. Um, a Ruteir put Edith Finch on his list and I, I haven't played it, but that surprises me because it seems like most people when they talk about what's like the, what is the one mm. uh, walking sim you should play? That's the one everyone points to. But, but then it's pretty good. Yeah, it is. And I completely agree. And it's one of my favorites. But if you hate walking sims and every other walking sim you play is a one or a 1.5, maybe 2.5 is, is, is a good one. Right? Maybe so. <laughs> to you. Yeah. I, I... You know, we're also taking this as a, as a negative mm. when both of you guys kind of see this as a 2.5 as a neutral. Like, so maybe true. it's more in line to you. Like, true, true. I, I tend to see it as a 2.5 is still kind of bad. Mm. But just just a thought. Definitely. Yeah. And, uh, um, I think that that's pretty much all the ones that are worth covering. Oh, I, I, I just wanted to mention, mm-hmm. we, we obviously talked about it last time, that the 2.0 Dead Island, but uh, we'll bring it up here again, that L, uh, L gave it a 2.5. So he was more generous in his ratings. But again, it's it's all about perspective, isn't it? And well, and he also gave uh, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2 a 2.5, but that's entirely, I'm sure, because he lost out on that one achievement that no longer was available, which is a valid reason. I was leading into that by mentioning L. Yeah, definitely. That, that That's a rage rating, to be sure. <laughs> but, uh, and that that's because there is uh, certain events that happen, that f- some achievements you have to uh, get during certain events, and they now no longer run those events so he missed out okay um i think that's probably a good place to wrap it up thank you both for sharing your 2.5s and the reasons behind them i thought that was a very interesting discussion and next time we'll be looking at our threes so going from the eh to the oh we're passing over the hill we're getting to the promised land yeah i'm looking forward (laughs) to it i'm looking forward to talking about some some objectively good games yeah, we might like some stuff someday. As always, I have been Chewy on Ice. I'm Vulgar Latin. I'm Matrix. And we are the Master Raiders. <laughs> <laughs>